you, you should have seen us arguing before we even tried to get on her because I'm trying to use this new software and he's just adamant about not using it because he can't figure it out. I don't know. He's this intelligent guy, but I can't figure out how to use There's nothing to figure out. You just, it doesn't work. Yeah, it does work. It does work. You just, you're just, oh, you finally graced us with your presence. Yeah, I all hail the charger off. All hail. So you wouldn't complain about the noise. Yes, all hail banner. Beaker Q. Just like you complain about uh, when we set up a pit, and if one banner stripe is two millimeters off, you're like, oh, fix it. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 81 of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And of course, joining me as usual is my co-host, who I have muted right now because he's probably going to do something stupid and rude and noisy. Beaker Q, a.k.a. Joseph Quay Graham. So we have episode 81 this week. Joining me is uh, a... A local promoter from Region 2, as he calls it, which in which is the Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland, a little bit of North Carolina and South Carolina area. He's been putting on some races. He's got his own race series. Actually, has two. One is called USRC, and the other is FX Nitro. He also has a ever-growing race team called Famed Wolf Racing. Thank you, Mr. Rob Isaac, for coming on. It was a great conversation with Rob. We share a lot of ideas. His passion for RC is immense, what he wants to do. He wants to grow RC. He has big plans, as we all do. And as you know, I am 100% on for growing RC any by any means necessary. So thank you to Rob. Thank you for the fame, Wolf. Uh, racing guys that that he's, he's, he's that group of guys is getting really big and it's really unique what they have on have going on and, and um yeah it's pretty cool so thanks Rob good luck with uh, USRC as well as FX Nitro he also had a uh, he has some he had Motor Week or something at his last race at Adrenaline RC Raceway last week where which Ryan Lutz attended and uh, he had talks all about that stuff so yeah good stuff. Uh, before I go on any further, I want to shout out and say thank you to all of the hashtag NNRC squad from around the world. Thank you guys for your support. None of this is possible without any of you guys. Uh, we, we had this limited supply shirt that uh, I released. We only had a few sizes left. So thank you to everybody who bought one of those. We do have a few 3Xs and 4Xs left. So if you're a big boy like me and you want a cool limited edition shirt, Hit me up on the podcast. Shout out to my patrons on Patreon that support me, that show love and help pay these bills. The studio is almost done. Uh, should be shooting video from here next week. Uh, we're going to be doing the uh, call-in segment. We got some cool things for that. I was talking to Wally. He's all pumped and ready. Thank you to my patrons on Patreon. I, I mean, honestly, you guys go the extra mile and I can't do it without you. And I, I thank every one of you guys. And if anybody's interested in being a Patreon, just go there. They're getting early releases. They're getting giveaways. Um, 
Yeah, I even just messages. Like I kind of post something up there at least once a week and just talk to them because I appreciate what they're doing for for the No Name RC podcast because it's it's it, we need that you know keep these bills paid. Shout out to all of our awesome sponsors that support this podcast. Uh, another group of people that we could not do this without. So thank you to Techno RC. Good luck to all of the Techno RC drivers at. PMB this weekend, JQ Racing. Of course, you know I love JQ Racing. That's where I work. That's my family. Motley Crew of Misfits, Bad News Bear. Shout out to all of my JQ Racing family around the world. Good luck to all the JQ Racing guys at PMB. Thank you, Tony Scarcella and Mitch Mitchell Watson for all your help. And uh, Beach RC is looking good there. Beach RC man, um, doing it big. Brent's up there is racing eight scale again. Lucas has got the white whale. Brent's wrenching on his car yesterday, prepping his car yesterday, but he's a busy man. Thank you to Beach RC, Brick and Mortar Hobby Shop. Check them out and, um, you know, show them some love because they show the podcast some love. Shout out to Rob's Oil, new sponsor on board. Check out Rob's Oil for all of your Amsoil products. Thank you, Rob's Oil. Shout out to Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, man. Don't, you know, cut through that jungle and uh, find your manhood. We got some funny ad reads for that. Thank you to everybody that's gone out and purchased a lawnmower 3.0 and used promo code no name. Also, a big shout out to Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. You know, he's doing some good stuff. He's, he's really big in the oval world, and his, his Traction Tonic is doing really good, winning lots of races, lots of podiums. Shout out to uh, uh, Scooter over there at Traction, uh, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. And, of course, BK Servers. Thank you, BK Servers, for all of your support. And, um, yeah, I think they're getting some servers in shortly so people can go buy them. If anybody's interested in advertising on our podcast, please contact me. At, we have tiers to, for all companies. You know, if you're a small company in RC and you want to advertise and think that this is a great platform for promoting your, your company, give me a shot. If you're a big company and you want to, you know, promote your company even more on this platform, give me a shot. Anyway... Thank you to everybody. Long introduction. You know, I always like to say thank you to everybody. So where is Joseph? He's probably not even listening. Joseph, where are you? Yep. Just like I thought. He muted me. You, you should have seen us arguing before we even tried to get on her because I'm trying to use this new software and he's just adamant about not using it because he can't figure it out. I don't know. He's this intelligent guy, but I can't figure out how to use. There's nothing I to figure out. You just it doesn't work. Yeah, it does work. It does work. You just, you're just. Oh, you finally graced us with your presence. Yeah, I all hail the charger off. All hail. So you wouldn't complain about the noise. Yes, all hail Beaker Q. Just like you complain about uh, when we set up a pit, and if one banner stripe is two millimeters off, you're like, oh, fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I turned the charger off. Well, that's why I want better audio. So what's going on, Beak Beak? How you doing, man? What you been up to? Um, testing, and we have our first race tomorrow. Oh, really? My first race. Where's that to? My home track. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. So I guess you guys haven't moved it yet, like you said you was. Not yet. So will all your nemesises be there? Yeah. Mm, so this is why you're all serious and uptight this morning. This is Friday morning, so we're recording this. We're supposed to record this well, yesterday. I had to keep the track to come and record this bullshit, and then I'll go back after well, this. Well, you wanted to waste time with some program that we already know doesn't work with my Windows Seven. 
No, upgrade, dude. Get Windows 10. Stop being, you know, upgrade. I can already tell you're in a pissy mood. You're all nervous because you're fresh race and you want to do well. Jesus. I'm not nervous. Yes, you are. Uh, Joseph, I know you by now. I know you by now. Stop it. Hey, so 24 hours of practice started at PMB today. Joseph, have you seen the track? No. It's big. It, it looks really good. They have... um. It like they used every inch of that arena. It's big. It's no wall. Thankfully, I hated that wall last year. Um, they actually tilled up uh area of the uh, like a thirty foot, thirty five foot section of the the track, and like just smoothed it, not smoothed it up, but just like raked it all up and just left it loamy. So it's like a a dirt sand pit. Which I think is going to be pretty cool. I think it's going to spew a lot of dirt all over the place, but we'll see. They, ju- they just started practice. It's going to get really rough in there. It's got um a two hundred and seventy foot, almost three hundred foot straightaway, front straightaway. That's pretty impressive. And if you take the Joker Lane, because it has a Joker Lane, you I think it's even longer than that because it's a sweeper coming onto that and then coming onto the straightaway and then a sweeper coming off. I don't know, man. People are going to have to grow up for that track. 14-tooth pinion, uh, Spurger, clutch bow. I think we're going to see some rods pop on that front straightaway. Lean it out a little bit more. Yink. We're going to see something happen. But the track looks really good. Um, I'd be interested to see how it, it holds up. Uh, well, not holds up, but what people have to say about it after practice, after a few hours of practice. You know, it's got to break in. So that just started at 6 a.m., 24 hours. It looks really good. Dave, as usual, has... Um, you know, got the monsters and all that stuff. It's a shame. He was all supposed to go to this race in April. It was going to be our last American shebang for the year. And it's just, you know, COVID messed that all up. So he wasn't able to do that, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, I think he's got plexiglass partitions on the driver's stand. So like I usually they would try to put 15 to 16 people up there to drive. Now I think it's only 12. I think you can only have one person to pitch you. I'm not quite sure. But it's good to see the obligatory. We're headed to PMB. That's a, that's a lot of the California guys are headed over. Like um, Jose Alvaro and Cody Taylor. And what's that Reese? What's that guy? He's always in realized HB. Okay, big, tall dude. Um, they're all, I don't know if they drove over there or what. But a lot of people are coming from all over America. Westergaard's there, your buddy. Remember, you're supposed to travel with Vestergaard. Man, stop being so quiet. Say something. Well, use your drill or something. No. Oh, uh, I can see it's going to be one of these days today. <laughs> I can see what day it's going to be. Just get on with you're it. You're all nervous. You're all nervous about going to, no, no. to race tomorrow. And, you know, you're in your mind, you will have to beat Max, and you're worried. I know you, Joseph. I'm not worried about Max. Mm-hmm. Not gonna win. Mm-hmm. JQ Threads motocross clothes looking good. I like the promos. Are you taking those pictures? No. Ah, uh, looks good. Who's that guy riding that bike again? Who's that guy using it here? Vehicle. Is he local a local race? Okay, local. local. Racing. All right. Is the guy who who uses JQ, who promotes JQ Threads in MXG? MXGP going to be using Jaeger or is that not allowed? No. Is he still going to? Oh, okay. Yeah, probably has a deal for his own 
gear, I, I would assume, that pays the money and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, um, I think you saw, I saw your iPad cases and stuff already, or what's going on with that? Yeah, I don't have them yet. Okay. I just got a sample. How do you like it? It's good. Yeah? It's going to be good. She done a good job? Yeah. That's good, man. Um, what's her name again? Hello, Tip. Hello, Tip. Well, congratulations, Hello, Tip. First JQ Threads opportunity taker to make something of it. That's cool. I know that's what you go. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So where can people get your, their JQ Threads, Joseph? JQthreads.com. And you're shipping worldwide, correct? Worldwide from Finland, yeah. Okay. So how much would ship into like America cost for one of their shirts? Uh, I have to check. Let's see. I can't remember. We had some orders for America and Canada already. Yeah. I know I know Sean Rusin. Sean Rusin. He bought one. Man, Sean's awesome, dude. That guy listens to every RC podcast, buys shirts from $15 everybody. Fifteen dollars. That's like that's not bad. Yeah. What's the uh ETA on a on the shipment from there? Well, we, we ship regular mail, so it's about a week. Okay. Sounds sounds good though. Sounds pretty decent. I don't. I can't. You can't complain about that. I don't think. No, I it's a, think. it's okay. It's in line with other stores. Looks like. Sweet. Sweet. I don't know, man. Anything else to say before we move on? You're just all nervous. I know it. I know you're all nervous. I'm not nervous. Uh-huh. I just like you said, I was addicted to Facebook. Which, no, I wasn't. Yes, you are. How did that work out? I just quit like that. Uh-huh. Nothing. Uh huh. Yeah. But but you were trying, trying to make excuses a couple of weeks ago about about not being it. You know, it's not changing anything and blah 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 and blah 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 and mm-hmm. no, because you were wrong. Mm-hmm. Just like, a, just like a, you're wrong now. It's only been a month and a bit, so, you know. Once an addict, always an addict, Joseph. I'm not, I don't have an addictive personality or whatever. That's bullshit. Oh, it really isn't. That's bullshit. Anyway, you know what? Let's talk about some race results and some news. So, you know, the NNRC news is brought to you by www.manscape.com. Manscaping is the new thing, Joseph. You need to get into that. Have you started manscaping yet? No, I haven't got a lawnmower. Yeah, well, you should go buy one. You get 20% off when you use the promo code NONAME at www.manscaped.com. And apparently they have free shipping. But you know why you should use the lawnmower 3.0, Joseph? Because you don't nick your nuts. And that's every man's. You wouldn't know about that. You need to cut something off entirely else that you have. Right? First off the bat. What's that? You on you heathen. Can you stop moving? You're messing up my ad read here. So anyway. I'm exactly how God intended me to be. Right. That's uh not true. So yes, anyway, you should get the Lomola 3.0, get all shaved up, and it looks bigger when you do that. You know, luckily, I'm I'm really enjoying mine. In fact, I used it. This morning, before I came here to the studio to touch up my beard again, because it's multi-purpose. I'm probably going to have to order some uh, 
I'm going to order some extra blades here pretty soon. But yeah, man, let's uh, cut through the jungle to find your manhood. So why should you use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0? Because it's a third generation trimmer, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents like nicking your nuts. And thanks to Manscaped advanced safe technolo- skin safe technology, you won't. It's waterproofed. It has a cool LED light, a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and it has a docking port with that you just put it in. I plug it in. I have it on my dresser. Luckily, my daughter hasn't got to it and started cutting her hair off. Um, I plug it, I just put it in this docking bay, and it goes. I wash it off when I finish, you know, you know, clipping my, you know, I was shaving my chest a little bit here the other day. It's time. Looking like I got to get shorn her soon. So, yeah. Loving my lawnmower 3.0. Loving my ball deodorant. And um, it also comes with this cool, like, little leather travel package case, man. So nice. I needed one of these for when I start traveling. So, go to www.manscape.com, Use promo code NONAME in all caps and get yourself um, one of these uh, ball shaving kits from Manscaped. And your balls will thank you. So get on that, Joseph. And uh, let me know. Hey, if you guys get one, shoot me a message. I know you guys probably don't want to send this in public. But if you do, that's cool because I have no shame in my game. But if you get one and you use the promo code, let me know. Thank you. I appreciate all the support. So RC News, Joseph. Let's talk about a few races that happened this past week. We had JBRL. That happened. Um, that was the biggest race this past weekend. So it looks like all the big boys were there. We had Cav, we had uh, Mayfield, Drake was there. Obviously, I was at Thunder Alley. Track looked pretty good. Uh, Jackson Brunson was there, surprisingly fast. Uh, Jackson's improved a lot, man. He's improved so much. Really impressed with Jackson. Um, ah, trying to get the injury caught. It was a good bit of people there. Good bit of people. I think it was like 100 and something uh Participants, maybe. Let me bring it up here on live RC. I should have had Is this. Jackson Brunson living with Rivkin now. I don't know what's going on with those guys. They, they, yeah. I think they live with like each, not with each other. I know that sounds weird. I think they live. Um, for instance, isn't he from Florida or something? No, Jackson's from Georgia. So they like Rivkin was over there staying with. He goes out to stay with Rivkin a lot, right? And they go and practice. That's one of the reasons he's getting. He's getting faster. So he hangs out with Rifkin. He races there a lot at, um, they do a lot of 10 scale there. They do a lot of eight scale there and obviously goes back and forth to California. And then um, Rifkin was overstaying with him for a while. They were doing East Coast stuff there while things were shut down. So yeah, they're like, I I forget what they call themselves, the nerd herd or something like that. Um, But yeah, they hang out and it's sure and it's paying off, man. I mean, look, uh, we had Ryan Mayfield first, Cav second. Happy birthday to Cav too. Happy belated was his birthday yesterday. You didn't you didn't say happy birthday to Cav yesterday? Oh, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know when people's birthdays yeah, are. That's your that's your boy too. Jesus, man. It was his birthday yesterday. I sh- I hit him up. I said, How you doing? It's like I'm here at P and B. I said, like, Well, have a couple of drinks for me. Enjoy your day and good luck this weekend. Um Ron Duvall. Hmm, interesting. Jackson Brunson, Carlos Arandondo, Westergaard in seventh, Dylan Nelson in eighth. I wonder if is Dylan Nelson still running TLR or did they switch? 
I think they switched. Uh, Who knows? Our co-host Wally builds in ninth, Spencer Rifkin in tenth, Jermaine Robinson v- improving. That kid's getting faster. But he didn't. He uh. He uh. He only did five minutes though, so he must have had a malfunction somewhere. And Cole Jensen, I tell you what, man, Jermaine's gonna be a young a young man to watch in the future. Here, he's he's young and he's fast. He's doing well. Rifkin had issues, but yeah, it's good to see all of this going on uh, at JBRL. I know you're not a big fan of JBRL, but it doesn't matter what you think. It's it's a good a good turnout. JBRL makes you want to quit racing. Makes you want to quit racing. Obviously, these people do not want to quit. A lot of people because they had a lot of people it had a hundred a hundred and forty seven drivers and two hundred and thirty four entries. So mm-hmm. not everybody not everybody feels like you do, Joseph. Not everybody feels like you do. I already can tell that this that you just should we bring up uh, waking up and getting punched in the face analogy again? Uh, no, you said that enough. If you want to do a quick synopsis of it, but we're doing the news, so we're not talking about your thoughts on JBRL, okay? Okay, was that all the news? Can no, move on. Sun City no. RC Raceway. Shout out to Joey Showers and those guys. They had a uh, their annual MDA race. Uh, I actually raised like a thousand bucks for this race last year. Uh. They had a light turnout, obviously, because of COVID. But I will, I wanted to talk about this race because they've started the they like the starting grid. Uh that it, they they're like have made uh a starting grid. I mean a starting gate, sorry, for their track. So they've done it a little different. And their track's a little bit bigger now. It looks really good. They have one gate like right on the straightaway that holds six cars, I believe. And then if you qualify, if you're in the lower six, you're kind of um like it's a sweeper. So you're kind of done at the, like it's a sweeper, but it's like, I don't know how I have to see it, but it's like the gates are, it's two gates, but they're separate in different positions. So the front guys, they got out, which is clean, the six guys. And then they, then the guys just like, the, like, I mean, like half a second behind coming around on the corner. Cause they come down the straight. Like, so the first, the, the, if you're the first gates, like, imagine you're looking at it, you have one gate to your left. That's, that's, like on the straightaway. Let's say the straightaway is going from left to right in front of you. You have one gate at the very left there. And then I think you have one gate, let's say, uh, on the sweeper, but like on a straightaway before the sweeper coming to the straightaway. So they have two gates. You start there and you start there. Yes, or, and it just separates them. They're both starting out on like straightaway. So it isn't all carnage and all that stuff. And it looked like it worked great and everybody enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, shout out to the sh- Joey Showers, Corbin Showers. Joey Showers says he misses you and unblock him on Facebook. I had to tell him that you aren't on Facebook anymore. So, yeah. You should send him a message once in a while and say hello. How did he take that news? <laughs> he just laughed. <laughs> oh, but it's pretty cool how they did the starting gate. Um, I wish I could send you videos of this, but, you know, I can't. So, because you're not on Facebook. Because, um... Because it's not on you YouTube. You can still yet. see videos from Facebook without being on Facebook. Oh, okay. All right. And I'll send it to you. I'll tag you in it. What other news do we have? Let's see. Tag me. You can send me the link. All right. So I see that Ultimate Racing has released a new black HD pipe set. Have you got one of them, Joseph? No. I haven't seen anything like that. 
Yeah, see, you're missing a lot on a lot. So yeah, the ultimate ultimate racing twenty one forty one HD black pipe set. So it's like that black ceramic coating on it to make it harder. And uh, yeah, Brent R. Brent man, Brent was on talking up Tuesday on Live RC about on Brent. Tyler Hooks interviewed him. Ryan Schaefer appointed team manager of Fame Wolf. Well, Fame Wolf is the the owner of that race. That that race team was Rob Isaac. He was on the podcast this week. Looks like lots of racing across the board. LCRC had a race up in Pennsylvania. I believe it's Pennsylvania, that area. Um, let's see, who else? Um, USRC race that we was talking about at Adrenaline. Ryan Lutz went to that. Uh, they had the, he won that, but Ryan Lutz isn't attending PMB, I was told. I don't think Nemo, I don't think Billy Talaska's going or whatever. Either so no lots at PMB. So what I'm been told, it's unfortunate because I was hoping that he would go there. He has to kind of redeem himself from Montpellier and whatnot. But he has to. Why uh, did you say he's not going? I I I don't think Billy even Billy Tylaska's going. Doesn't look like it. And I think I don't know. Maybe because of COVID. I don't know. I don't know. I just heard he isn't going. I was told he isn't going. Well, he thought the world was going to end in 2012. So. COVID is probably a big deal. So I don't think he'll be traveling. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he had to... F- no, he wouldn't have to fly there because he drove to Virginia. Who knows? Yeah, but there's a lot of people. Yes, that's the issue. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't... I mean, I have to respect that. So that's... I mean, I am... Yeah, f- a lot of people decide not to travel. So. Yeah. So No big deal there. Um... Let's go to Circus RC because I saw that Canas was racing this weekend too. Where Canas is from? What part of um, Spain, Joseph? South of Spain. Is that the Andalusian? I don't know. Yeah, well, he but won. South. He won this race, the Andalusian national something round or whatever. It's a region. There. Yeah, a regional race. And um, hold on, where is it? Yeah, sweeps Andalusian champs. I'm surprised we ain't seeing more Badier racing at these races. Hmm. It's like a 10-hour drive or something. Is it? Okay. We had the Russian eight-scale buggy nets. Ishkan, yeah, and Torinov, they won that. No idea who those guys are. We had racing in South Africa on that cool uh, asphalt-looking type of track. And, hey... Lee Martin beat Elliot Boots at um and looks like Jamie Clancy. Let's see at Nemo Raceway. H- have you seen that track, man? That track's really nice. The Nemo Racing uh, track. Yeah, I haven't seen video. I, I have seen some pictures. Oh man, um, ne- uh, John has invested a lot of money. They got astroturf all on the in like the inside. It's it's really nice. So Lee's been there for a while. I was uh. Lee Martin first, Boots third, and who's second here? Let me see. It says um, Behrman? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, Lee Martin. Ah, Lewis Jones, sorry, one of the Jones brothers. And um, Elliot Boots in third. I saw Bloomfield race the other day, too. He won. He got back to racing. 
he's good friends with the Jones brothers. But yeah, Lee Martin doing it big up there. He's had a lot of laps on that track. He's been at that race a lot. And uh, your good buddy, Elliot Boots, there, who I don't think is ever going to speak to you again. So, well, good stuff. Some people just shut up. Remaining ignorant, ignorant is a choice, you know? Well, anyway. But good to see racing all across the board, all over the world. And yeah. Nothing nothing else. My, oh, T-Rex. Uh, Juan Carlos Canash joins T-Rex. T-Rex must have a good bit of money, man. They're getting some a lot of drivers on their team. They aren't paying them. Giving Pretty them free, sure. pro, free product. Some probably. free stuff. Probably, probably contingency, too. I don't know about that. Hey, when did LiveRC release a new website? Um, It's been a while. It's It's a bit different, isn't it? It's been about a month and a half, I would say. About time they released a new website. Jeez. And do you ever not complain? Like, it's not complaining. I'm just saying it's good they have a new website. You must have looked into the mirror today. Must have. I Mir think I look into the mirror every day. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the biggest asshole of them all? Not you, JQ. Not you. Step it up a bit. Jesus. Okay, that's news. Next fucking segment. Wow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your enthusiasm, Joseph. It's really appreciated. It really is. You know what? The next segment is the BRC Bench Racing Q&A. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you, BeachRC, for bringing us the Bench Racing Q&A. Bench RC is a brick and mortar hobby shop. I got an awesome staff. In fact, Lucas and Brent are currently at PMB with their the white whale, their trailer fully stocked. So if you're at PMB, you need something, go check them out. Tell them Lefty sent you. And if you can, please use our affiliate link when you order stuff. Also, if you want some uh, NNRC swag, they got hats and shirts there. Nitro's the glory and Hey, probably going to get some more going there soon. We've got some cool designs uh, in my mind, and Brent's going to be doing some shirts there soon. So check them out at BeachRC.com. If you can, use our affiliate link. And, hey, if you buy some NNRC gear, swag from there, please tag me in it. Tag us in it because I want to see, man. I want to see who's supporting, and I appreciate everybody that goes out there and buys some shirts and rocks them. So anyway, Joseph. To the Q&A questions. We, we have quite a few questions. We're getting more and more questions on Instagram now lately. So that's a good thing. IG is growing for us. IG is growing, growing, growing. Okay. First question is from Facebook. Joe Zara Jr. 
of Ran on a Talent. What's up, Joe? Was listening to your podcast earlier this week. Joe asked, have you found a Region 7 manager yet? No, I haven't, uh, Joe. I was hoping that you would do it. I, the guy that I want to do it, I'm trying to convince him, but uh, we'll see. So maybe you should step up. I know you're busy, Joe, but I think you'd be a good manager as well. He asked, do you think some of the new racers that the no prep scene creates will stay in the hobby and move in, in other di disciplines when no prep dies out? So, Joseph, um, you know that the no prep drag scene is really booming right now. I know you ain't into drag racing, but it's a part of RC that's booming right now. A lot of the off-road guys that do 8-scale, 10-scale, they're doing no prep as well. Like it's, I guess it's like a hobby part for them. Like, I, You know what I mean. It's like their hobby within the hobby. Uh, I see it's, it's really popular with the, with the off-road guys that are doing it. I think it's bringing new people in, especially with the associated DR10 that was released. They released the RTR, and they've recent, they're going to release the kit here soon. So it's bringing new people in because it looks scale. It looks easy, but it's not as easy as you think it is, um, even for myself. So is it going to die out? I don't think so. I think, they got, I think it's going to grow. It may... If it gets too, like, if, if too many companies start making all this type of stuff and it gets too expensive, kind of like how short course went, then maybe it, it will suffer. But, you know, because we're our own worst, worst enemies as manufacturers and RC guys. We want everything. The, the thing, thing is, I want to see this stay kind of simple. I mean, maybe there can be a class for, like, um, pro stock or whatever they call it. I'm, I'm not really familiar with uh, uh, drag racing terms. Do I think that these drivers will cross over into what we do or any other genre of RC? I don't know. Uh, I hope they do, but I'll be, and I'm not saying that drag racing is easy because I was talking to my buddy, Sean Rosen, big supporter. He was showing me all the, it's amazing what they're doing with the ESC settings for these, for these uh, drag racing cars, Joseph. Lots of programming in their radio, lots of programming in their ESC. They want like delays and, they want more power at this time, like near the end of their run. It's, it's pretty interesting what they're doing. And they're doing a lot of stuff to get these cars to, to go straight. Because as simple as you think it is to go straight, it isn't as simple to go straight, especially with these no prep cars. So a lot of... So how long does a run last? Not even a, a second or two. They run 132 feet, I think. That's what it is. What, three seconds? No, I, I don't even know, man. It's like, yeah, maybe two, three seconds. I'm probably wrong on that. But well, let's just say it's four seconds. It's, okay? it's not, though. It might probably is. Or three. Mm -hmm. They just do it like one time. No, but then... how they do, they, uh, they also race for money. So you pay in, and then it's like, it's, it's also a fast race day. It's, you get in. But it's like. One one run or it's uh, one run best out of something. No or? one run and then you go like the winner out of that goes onto and they they pull how they do it is they pull names out of chips like out of hats and stuff like that. I think that sounds w worse than a JBRL. No, you no, sit but it's around it, for hours and then you no, get but that's like, the thing. That's the I got three seconds of run time. That's that the beautiful awesome. thing. That's the beautiful thing about it is that you ain't there for hours and hours. These race days don't last that long. It's, it's more of a gathering. Honestly, it sounds like something that if you like the socializing and you like 
wrenching on your stuff and like beating your time and figuring out how to go fast. Like if that's what you enjoy, then maybe you'll enjoy that. If you like racing, then sounds ridiculous. To but me. they are racing. You always got to complain. They are racing. They are I racing. I know they are, other. but if racing is what you like, then it's, it sounds like fucking shooting yourself in the head would be more fun. No, you like don't knock you it till you try. You go there all day and you run for three seconds. You like, but wow. you can then. Uh, this is listen. Can I finish? Can I finish? So after the official racing, the money racing is done. You can then have grudge races, and then you can race as long as you want. That you can call people out and say, "Yeah, I want to race you." That's race and all this type of stuff. So it is. It's a lot of, but I mean, the technology that's going into making these cars go straight is amazing. Like the programming and their radios and ESC is utterly amazing. It's, he was showing, showing me all the graphs and all that type of stuff, and I never even thought of that. I'm like, it's just going straight, but it's hard to just go straight. So my point being to that is, um, I hope it gets. I want it to get more people into the industry and more people into the hobby. Will that generate more off-road races, on-road races? I don't know because we both know that, like, yes, it, I'm not saying that what they're doing is easy because, yes, it's, it's not, obviously, not, and, you know, but off-road's really hard, man, and it's so, off-road's 3D, so, you know, you got to think about being in the air. It's just so much variables in off-road. I hope that more people come over to it, but... I think we're seeing more off-road guys doing this than more people coming over from off-road from that doing that in the future. But I think this is going to grow, continue to grow, and it's going to be great because it looks, it's, it's scale, it looks real, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's like money involved too. That's the big thing. People like to race for money. People like to know that they're getting some money back from what they're putting into the industry. And off-road doesn't have that. There's no money races, no real money races in off-road and stuff like that. So I think that's a big draw. And you can pretty much do it anywhere at the same time. So while you're talking shit about it, it's, it's growing. And it's going to bring new people into RC. Whether it dies off or not, I think, comes down to how detailed things get and how expensive it gets. But great question, Joe. And uh, looking forward to your podcast this, uh, this week. Connie Swenson from Sweden. Connie wants to know, what are the weirdest race formats you have tried? I know the Finns in large scale have a competition where you drive one-on-one, one-on-one in a ladder format, and after each win, you drink a snaps. The true drivers in the final are pretty loaded. Any other interesting format of competition, it doesn't have to be serious, quite the opposite. I guess what he's saying is like, do we have any fun races? I think we need to start a one-handed drinking a beer while you race race. I was just going to say that that's the best. When we did our tour, I've done it. I mean, at the showers track, I did it. Yeah, and you beat me. Oh, I did it in the uh, Dominican Republic. I've done it in South Africa. You did it I've in South it. Africa? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done it in so many places where drive with one hand, like race a local, legitimately like race a local, mm-hmm. but race him with one hand, and I have to finish a beer during the race. <laughs> well, I think at Joey That's Showers, actually fun. at, at the Showers race, we actually threw a bear up to you because you ran out. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, and then I had to throw, throw a whip over the jump also. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you this. You guys think we're joking, but um, we at the, when you came to the DR, we raced 
you didn't even they Lewis and then guys prepped a team Losi 10 scale uh two wheel drive truck for you, right? And you didn't even I don't even think you pre- I think you made a run it twice, right? I can't remember. You haven't probably driven a truck in so long. You didn't you didn't do anything to it. Or I had my T5M and we like these guys loved truck. They were serious about it. And we did three mains. And I Honestly, you drove that last man drinking a big beer, and I was like, what the hell? Like, I was like, yeah, this guy's not going to beat us with one hand drinking a beer. And, dude, I could not catch you. And you threw whips one-handed. It's that your big hands. That's why you can do it, too. You got big-ass hands. So, yeah, yeah, you can, you can, I can't, I can't do it because I, you did it with your left hand because you need to trick, you know what I mean? I can't use my left hand, but, um, it's amazing that you can drive that good. Like, I, I think you can beat a lot of people with one arm drinking a one arm drinking a beer. I, I, I want anybody out there that's listening to this. If you think you can beat Joseph, and you know, no, they don't. They can drive normal. You know what I mean? If you think you can beat him one arm, I mean, maybe I know there's some one arm racers out there as well. Um, but if you think you can beat Joseph next time you see him at the track. And he's driving one arm with a beard, a beer. Think twice about it, cause he's fast. He's fast. You're good at. You are talented at that. I will give you that. <laughs> Jason Shurnord. Jason, please send me a voice text telling me how to say your last name. Is the JQ USA store going to get carbon fiber side guards? I think Brent said he ordered some. Yeah, they're on the way to Brent. Okay. Now. Or maybe he got them already. I don't know. All right. There you go, Jason. Please send me a voice note telling me how to say your last name. Grace Aruda, a.k.a. Salty Joe, who I won't get my own Facebook profile. Can we talk about marble racing? So Joe, Salty Joe watched, um, he watched uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan clip, and he sent it to me. And he was amazed at that people, I don't know if you haven't, you don't watch TV, but marble racing is a thing, dude. Like, it's bigger than RC. It's on ESPN. We have awesome commentators. I know. It really pissed me off when I saw, I mean, millions of views. It's literally just some guy letting a handful of marbles roll down a track with marble spectators. And they're just rolling down this chute. Right, and then someone's commentating. Oh, the red marble is leading, and like that's amazing. People like that. They got sponsors and shit. It's It's pretty awesome, though. The commentating is what makes it. The commentator makes it great, and then they have different games too. Not just what are you doing? Are you you're creating static somehow? Are you charging your phone on the computer? No. Okay. Stop moving. Um. But it's big, man. I, I wonder if it is just one guy or did it, if they actually have teams. Like, how do you make a marble faster? Do you buff it up? or They put, don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But not it's a, not a real thing. It's just the video stuff. Uh, it's but bigger it's than RC. It's bigger than RC. So it's not bigger than RC, but it's getting well, what more I should, exposure. It's, it's getting more exposure like, than RC. Sorry. I don't know about money, like maybe even money because of all the views and shit. So like sponsors and all that stuff. For sure, man. For sure. Ridiculous. 
It is, but... We're going to address some of this in the rant. Oh, we got a rant this week. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Chris Tradu. What's up, Chris? How you doing? He wants to know, for Joseph, <laughs> which is more annoying from a non-RC person? How fast, how fast does it go? How much does it cost? Or a bonus question, when driving an e-buggy, is that gas? How fast does it go? Mm-hmm. That's the dummy one. Because you can just fucking look, and you can see how fast it's going. That's how fast it goes. You just saw it. You know, like, yeah, and they can't see it in that. You're breaking moving up. on the track. Then what for them? They can they can see it on the track. I don't get it. That's the most annoying question. Yeah, um, I think I get that a lot. And then the next question after that I get is, "Do you win money doing this?" And I'm like, "Nah." Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I'm like, "You make money doing this?" I'm like, oh, "Not really." And that's hard to explain to people, like you know. So. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's a, how fast does it go? Oh, fuck sakes. Like, that's what I feel like saying sometimes. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta tell them how it, it, it goes. All right. Josh Garbett. Josh Garbett of Scale Motorsports. He, uh, uh, doing the Blue Ridge Nationals in Summer Sizzler. We actually have, uh, some promotion for that today. You know, maybe, you know, maybe we should play that. I don't know. Maybe we'll play it later on. Josh Garbage. This has probably been thought about, but not well executed and really don't see it in any form of motorsport. But why would you not run your shocks upside down to the shift to shift the weight and lower the center of gravity would would be significant on scale cars, although it would also push weight further to the outside corners of the car. Is there something in today's shock designs that would prohibit them from working upside down? The problem is that you're moving more weight because you have Imagine you hit the bump, the wheel moves up. The, the whole shock body needs to move up with the arm. So that sprung versus unsprung weight changes when you do that. So I think that's the problem. Yeah, that makes sense. And that would just put, and then like that would just make the whole car feel heavy. You know what I mean? Like, more role. No, I, I would, I could imagine that it's something uh, similar to those hub weights people use. Yeah, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's tried it though. I'm sure it's been yeah, tried. People have tried it. Testman did it in ten scale, and some touring car drivers do it. And, yeah. Yeah. Joey Showers. No one has stuck with it. Yeah, Joey Showers asks about three clu- three shoe clutches versus four shoe clutches, but we covered that, and I let him, uh, Jimmy, let him know that. So, <clears throat> thanks for the question, though, Joey. Mike Anderson, what's up, Mister Anderson? Why does every race director say they're gonna dock laps or time if you don't turn marshal? Yet none of them ever follow through. Great question. Have you? Yeah, but you've seen people. Well, get he must be American because in Europe they do. Well, that's what. He, and then the conversation goes on. Jimmy Babcock does, and then he goes, he does, 
And he says, that's like saying JQ is a far-right Republican. Mike is a, is a good guy, JQ driver. Have you seen that happen? Seen what happen? It happens, does it, do they, have you been to a race where you've, have you ever been Dr. Lap for missing Tara Marshley? In America, what tends to happen is the race director will say something, like penalty this or that, and nothing happens. So, so if the driver just doesn't stop for a stop and go, doesn't wait for someone or doesn't wait after they cut the track or whatever, then nothing will happen because the race director just moves on to the next thing and forgets about it. Yeah, un unfortunately, do, have, you been, have you been called for ever losing a lap? Have you ever been docked a lap? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think... Once they start doing that, then that won't happen. It, it does. It is a problem. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. When I was in the UK racing, if you wasn't on your cone, you got locked. You got docked a lap. Like, it wasn't no joke. Like, you put your card on, you put on your vet, you went to your cone, put on your vest, and you turn marshal. It's simple as that. But all these races, man, I bet you we're going to see it here at, at PMB this weekend. All these races are, are just, I, I, that's the big hole up. Maybe they'll they'll push a little hard. It depends too. I remember um it it it's just ridiculous. Like we all know that we have to do this. It shouldn't be a it shouldn't even be an issue. Like put your car down, give your car to your pit guy, and go right out there and marshal. It's it's pretty simple. If you are doing back to back races, have somebody out there to marshal for you. If you ain't doing it, dock these guys. Like it's so easy to fix. You dock a few guys off their best time you guarantee you they won't be missing it the next time. It's pretty simple. It's, it's, it's easy to fix. I don't know why it isn't done more. But that is one of the biggest holdups with, with these races sometimes and why they get, they, like a, a simple race ends up being long, like calling them, spending five minutes trying to call for a turn marshals when that race could have been going three minutes in. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. <clears throat> um... Wayne Stevens, are those scales that weigh each tire and give totals for front and rear weight uh, distribution helpful, or should it just go off physical measurements? Have you used one of those scales, Joseph? Yeah, the scales are good, but almost everyone uses them wrong, so like, there's no point in what they're doing. I'll explain but how they to are use good. them. You have to, unless if you don't, Use a spirit level to make sure that they are perfectly flat, horizontal, you know, left to right, right, front to back, diagonally. Just make sure that all four scales are perfectly horizontal, then the number is going to be way different. So you have to do that every time just so you can repeat the process. And then if, if, you, if you want the actual weight distribution of the car itself, you can't really do it with shocks on. You would have to have equal length, you know, rods uh, that set the car at the right ride height, and then, then you can get the weight distribution. But maybe more, so that, that's like if you want to exactly know where, know what it is, but you don't really need to know that, um, I think. I think as a driver, what's interesting is you set the car up with the shocks and the springs on that system. And you can even balance it out using the spring collars and they won't all be 
adjusted the same, like left and right won't be the same. That doesn't matter. Just set your ride height and then use that the scale system to set uh, the loads equally. This is this is possible in 10 scale. In 8 scale nitro, well, 8 scale electric too. 8 scale nitro, because of the fuel tank, it's you have to sort of compromise a bit because obviously the weight is changing in the car, front left, which affects the balance of the car. But in electric, you can actually set the car to be perfect, left to right. And uh, then you can actually notice it on track. I've done this experiment in 10 scale. So it's not a massive difference, but it's noticeable. So do, do you need them? Do you need those scales? No. I think as a car designer, they are very helpful because you, you want to, if you want to have some data for what you are testing and different chassis and weight distributions and all that stuff, then, then they're helpful. Or if you, if you enjoy that side of the hobby, you enjoy wrenching and working on your car and figure, figuring things out, then it's great. But just you need them to improve your car or be better, faster, then don't really need them. Interesting. You, know, I know, you said something that I, I, I don't think about often, and that's when your fuel tank goes empty and the, the change it makes on your, the handling of your car, which isn't, like you said, isn't a big thing, but I'm sure it does affect something. As these cars get lighter and, and, and better, you know, it's just like full-scale racing. You know, as your as your tank gets lower, your car handles different. I never even thought of that. Hmm, interesting, interesting stuff. Thank you, Wayne, for the question. So I think that should answer it. On to the IG questions. King Ing, what's up, Drew? He says, "I need to know where JQ got his mirror on the wall. I need one." <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the biggest asshole of them all? KB Wolf eighty three asks. What is the best dessert from each of your countries, and how do each of you guys prep tires? Prep tires for what? Uh, I guess just period. But he asked about dessert first. Let's talk about that because that's food. What's a oh. what's a good finished dessert? Uh, a good finished dessert? I don't even know. Your what's favorite finished, finished dessert. dessert? I don't know what a finished dessert is. I guess. Maybe the the best thing that I think actually is Finnish is this like well, I don't know salted they, whale they blubber meat. But the way they are done in Finland, like cinnamon cinnamon rolls, like s sweet cinnamon rolls, mm -hmm. they are really good with milk. All right. Or buns or whatever. They Not call. like putrid blubber from a whale or something like that. No. We, this isn't Iceland. <laughs> um, those candies that you bought were nasty. Ugh. I mean, some were good, but then you get uh, why, why, why is that? Like, I don't know. Like, some would be good and sweet, and then you get something that just tastes like absolute shit, like salty and some like I don't like taste like if 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 whale blubber. If I have ever tasted whale blubber, which I haven't, I think it would taste like those candies that you bought me. Um, in Bermuda, honestly, I'll, I think my favorite dessert, I like all desserts. My favorite dessert period is chocolate cake. But two things I enjoy is Bermudian banana bread by my mom because it's not like that banana bread you buy in the, in the gas station. It's not yellow. My mom's banana bread is like 
dark brown, like, because she uses, like, she'll just save bananas and wait till they go, like, really ripe, like, brown, peel them and put them in the fridge, in the freezer, freeze them. So she makes it with, like, black, you know, when bananas go black, like, that's when they're really ripe. And, man, she, that banana bread comes out, like, super moist, super dark brown on the inside, full of banana flavor, like, not just a hint of banana flavor, full, like, got walnuts in it. Oh, man. And my mom's homemade, all of this, which I haven't had in a long time, because I haven't seen my mom since 2014. Um, just uh, her gingerbread, too. But for DR... I think one of they have this they have this dessert and I hate it and I don't and it happens they do it every Easter. It's called Abatrela con dulce and basically it's bean juice. Sweet bean juice and I think it's the grossest thing ever. It's like brawn liquid. And I just tease my wife. I say you're going to have diarrhea for days or I just ugh. but they love it. They eat it with this um it's sweet like it's eat it with these little crackers and they just love it but I haven't I haven't had that shit. I, I just can't. I don't know. Just something about it. I can't bring myself to to eat it. Um, yeah. Tire prep. I don't do 10 scale. I don't even race anymore. But if he's talking about gluing up tires, for me, um, I like to I like to acetone, use acetone. And honestly, it's either a microfiber rag or one of those, or a Scott towel rag or one of those blue shop towels and just, Clean the bead of that tire really good. Really good. So you don't see any more. To you, when you see black coming off, like rubber black, that's good. When you, if it's still um, like that bronze shit, that solvent that they put on it, you keep cleaning until that's done. I used to sand my tires on that stuff, but I, I just don't do that anymore. And I put, I put two holes on the inside of it, of the tire for myself, and just... Glue them up. Some people sand the rims, but I don't really go that deep. If it it depends on the track too. If it's a high grip track, uh, I might glue the um, glue the uh, inserts to the rim. So, yeah, that's about all my tire prep. How about you, Joseph? Buy pre-glued tires. <laughs> that's probably the easiest thing. They come unglued too. Yeah. Which ones come unglued? Ah, uh, pre-glued ones. Yeah, which brand? Ah, uh, well, Proline has come unglued. Uh, you know what? What? In RCGP, first race had HB pre-glued, mm-hmm. then T Pro pre-glued, then Proline pre-glued. HB was the best. Oh yeah. These tissues, yeah, they stayed on. T-Pro, some came off, like, real bad. Pro-Line, some came off. But I don't, the Pro-Line, I don't know if it was really a big issue or not. I I know that there was some, like, I don't know why Daniel was there gluing so many tires. So I think they were having issues. And then he, he had to, he had to glue a whole bunch and then not use the ones that they got or something. There was something going on there. I just remember that the HP ones were the best. They were good. Yeah. They stayed on. I knew, I had some people ask about that going into the race. So I did see it happen at 
uh, RCGP, but you know, ProLine made it good. So, yeah, buy buy pre-glued ones too. That makes sense. It's, it makes life a lot easier. So, good stuff. Um, next question from IG. Let's get through these. Oh, hold on, lost it. Deca Nordic. I don't know who this. Do you know this guy, Joseph? Deca Nordic. On Instagram. Yeah. Is he from Finland? Sweden. Deca Nordic. Talk us through droop, down travel, the finer points of adjusting, adjusting it on the black edition, grinding the arms, etc. Okay, so on the front, we just cut the chassis tabs off completely. Don't need those. <laughs> That's the Gandhi style. The <laughs> yeah, so cut the front chassis tabs off completely. Done. You're done. And then just make sure both shocks are the same length, and that's your droop. By putting so limiters, put by putting limiters under the piston, right? No, you don't need to limit anything. Just max. And then uh, on the rear, no modifications needed. Just run like 122 shock length. It's pretty good, everyone. Okay, so just for my clarification, when you cut the front chassis tabs off. You adjust address shock length with the eyelet, correct? Yeah, but you don't really need to adjust it. You just run maximum. Yeah, but here's here's my issue with that, is that that's a lot of strain on the shock eyelet. Well, it hasn't been a problem. Okay. So what if you want less droop? You just screw it up some more. What if you want less droop than what you can get? Yeah, you don't want less droop. Okay. So that's the finer points of droop setting now. Is we're just Degani figured that out, and you just going with it now, cutting it off. Yeah, that's good. All right, uh, Degani did that. Like, when did he do that? At PMB last year, I believe. Or was it before that? Yes, he just said, "I'm not using droop tabs. Screw that." <clears throat> I, I don't think it was PMB. I, I was there when he first did it. Then might have been DNC then. It had to be yeah. DNC. All right. Enrique Malone. Enrique Enrico Maloney. What about tuning with springs front to rear? Rear? So stiffer, rear, or vice versa? For example, when running the Mugen springs on the JQ, what is going what going to 9.25 instead of 9.0 on the front will feel and drive? Honestly, the difference between 9.0 and 9.25 was minimal, even even when measuring them, like on the spring gauge thing. Okay. But, I mean, a softer spring will just... It's, it's going to be a really small difference, honestly, with those two springs. Generally, a softer spring could add a bit of mid-corner steering, especially on loose tracks. Maybe the car isn't as precise and responsive anymore. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Just feels like a softer drive around the track. Cool. Thank you, Enrico, for the question. Getting back to racing there in Italy. Drake Wright, 28. How does JQ set up his gear ratios? Also, my dad and I have listened to all of your podcasts. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate you lifting, listen to 81 episodes of me mumbling and bumbling. I appreciate that. Thank you for the support. And JQ being JQ. There you go, JQ. Answer the question. Gear ratios. Uh, so we have two different gear sets in the gearbox, 4313 or 4514. I wrote a good extensive blog about the difference. If you search the Quaygrain in Google, the blog comes up. Or if you search the Quaygrain and gear ratio, the blog will come up. Basically, 4313 will be more punchy, more aggressive, more acceleration. Um, when you drive around the track, you need to use more throttle. So even though it has more acceleration, you also need to pull the trigger more to drive faster around the track because off power, it has a bit more drag brake. It doesn't roll quite as much. So it doesn't maintain as much speed with no throttle or minimal throttle. So you have to be more on the gas. Then 4514 is what I use. It smooths out your acceleration, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's slower. It just means you have less wheel spin it's not quite as punchy. It's smooth acceleration. You can still accelerate fast, no problem. When you drive around the track, you, you, you do so with less throttle. You can just barely be on the throttle and the car maintains good speed because it's ro it rolls more, easier, less sort of drag brake feel, and just a bit of throttle will move the car faster. So that's that difference. And then I like to use big main gear. So when you use a big main gear on the center diff, it also it smooths out the power delivery of the car. It changes the power band of the engine. And I just like the feel of that. So I, I tend to run 4514 in my gearboxes and 49, 13 center diff clutch bell. If the track is big, maybe I go to a 48 main gear but not necessarily. So yeah, that's what I ran. Awesome. Great explanation. Thank you to everybody that sent us questions for the bench racing Q and a it's greatly appreciated. Thank you to beach RC for sponsoring this part of the podcast. Remember guys, if you can go to our affiliate link and um, yeah, show beach RC some love, get yourself, pick yourself up some NNRC swag and let us know if you do. <clears throat> All right, Joseph, I'm going to call you back. Uh, we're going to the main interview brought to you by TechnoRC. Thank you, TechnoRC, for the support of this next part of the podcast. And, Joseph, I will call you back for story time and the rant. Thank you for your time. TechnoRC. TechnoRC. TechnoRC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high-performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. TechnoRC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag TechnoTakeover.
Joining us this week on episode number 82, brought to you by Techno RC, by the way. Thank you, Techno, for bringing us the main interview. Is a gentleman I have been familiar with for a couple of years. I did actually meet him a couple of years ago, not physically, but uh, via Facebook. I really thought he had a, a cool name for his race team. And they've been doing some big things over there on the East Coast, mostly in the Virginia uh Carolina areas, I believe even somewhat uh, more northeast. But I'd like to welcome uh, Mr. Rob Isaac of Fane Wolf Racing, USRC, and FX Nitro. What's up, Rob? How are you? Hey, Keenan. It's nice to join you. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, and you, we, we talked to each other a couple of weeks ago, and then you was telling me about this race that you just had this week. And I was like, well, let's bring you on after that race. So perfect timing. Um, how was your week? Well, let's just talk about that real quick. You had Ryan Lutz, you had the USS, USRC race at Adrenaline. Thank you, Adrenaline News. They always share my podcast. I appreciate that. And um, you had a TV crew there from, yeah, you talk about it, man. It's, it's your show. You go ahead. Well, um, so Seth Hardison approached me and asked if uh, uh, we wanted to do uh, a shoot with Motor Week which is a automotive uh, kind of a trending automotive show. So I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. So the film crew came in, um, a journalist and a cameraman. So I thought, well, you know, it'd be a good time for me to reach out to a pro that could represent, you know, the show. Uh, I didn't want to be the face of RC, so to speak. I wanted somebody with some prominence and notoriety. So I reached out to uh, Billy Tylaska and asked if Lutz would be uh, interested in coming out. He just told me, hey, you know, hit Ryan up and uh, see how he feels about it. You know, with the COVID-19 issues, it might be kind of a concern. But uh, we talked and he agreed to come in and uh, kind of be the host of the event. So it worked out real well. Um, he came out and it was just a, it was just a great event all the way around. We really did a lot to, to make sure the track looked great. Uh, you know, tons and tons of banners, tents and we try to make a, a small race feel like a very big event. You know, that's that's part of the uh, what we do at USRC. We want to create that uh, that big race atmosphere at a small um, at a small event. You know, it was really good to see Ryan come back out and race. He's been he's been relatively quiet uh, with COVID. I know. You know, he's his. Um, I was wondering when he was going to, because usually, you know, Lutz is very, very active on social media and he wasn't too, too very active during the whole shutdown. And, and I understand that, but it's really good to see him race in. Um, I know I'm, I, I really enjoy, I like, I like Ryan Lutz a lot. I spent DNC like the entire Friday and Thursday of DNC just sitting off talking with him. Cause we, you know, Billy was kind enough to let me set up my podcast uh, and that on in the, in the Nemo tent and um, really great dude. We got talking about everything. And I want him to do really well at the upcoming PMB. So maybe this is a great confidence booster for him and to get him out and get him started, get him ready. So good stuff, man. Yeah. So let's it's, talk about you. Let's, you, you're Rob Isaac. I don't really know that much about you, but why don't you uh, tell the, the NNRC listeners about yourself and, and how Fame Wolf started? Um, well, so. Three years ago, um, I moved to this area. My father passed away, and uh, I decided to come up here to be a little closer to my brother. Never really interacted much with his children, and I have kids relatively the same age. So um, me and my family moved here um, to kind of be closer and to, to kind of get over the death of my dad. 
And it just so happened there's an RC track, uh, not even a mile from my house. I happened to stop in one day and uh, it was, you know, really nice setup. And I watched one of the races and I raced, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer actually. And I kind of got that bug again. So I showed up, I went out and bought a kit, put it together. Um, one battery, one kit, one set of tires, went out and just got in everybody's way and, uh, but had fun doing it. And I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. So I just kept going back. About two or three months into it, I realized that I really like it. I was getting a little bit better, you know, at driving. And I felt comfortable, but I didn't want to do it alone. I didn't know anybody. I was kind of the, uh, the odd man out, so to speak. So my wife's a graphic designer. She said, hey, why don't you and your brother do it together? So he bought a kit. Um, I built it for him, set it up, and uh, just took what the guy showed me from the track and applied it to his car. And she designed these shirts. We started wearing the shirts and then the rest is kind of history. You know, we wore the shirts every week and then one guy would ask, Hey, you know, what's uh, fame wolf racing all about? And, uh, I said, no, nothing in particular. It's just a shirt. You know, me and my brother just trying to bond together and, uh, get through a tough time. And it, it turned, it turned into fame wolf racing. One guy led to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 60. Um, we've had nearly a hundred guys at, at, uh, at our peak in 2018. And, uh, that's awesome. and then, you know, then I just try to expand it. And, um, our mission statement was to make RC affordable, um, for our team guys and to kind of grow together. So we worked some deals with some of the manufacturers to make it where we can all afford it. And that's kind of the, the route we took. So now we have roughly 56 members currently and, um, deals with AKA Phantom Racing. Um, I sponsor the team because I'm a Mugen dealer, so I give the, you know my guys the Mugen product at cost. Um, Maxi Velasco was kind enough to bring us on uh, with, with RC1. Okay. So we're kind of uh, in there with RC1 and Pico America. So it's all come together pretty good. Um, the team's still growing. We we you know we, we just recently. Uh, brought on Ryan Schaefer as team manager. I stepped down, Gabriel Galliano, so we can concentrate on the uh, USRC. But um, all in all, I mean, it's still a work in progress, but uh, this is our third official season, and we have a lot lot more to do, but we're getting there. Sweet. Um, I really like your logo. Is, what, where did that come from? Um, it's, it's, it looks Native American. Uh, where does Fan Wolf stem from? Like, uh, it has to mean something to you to put it on there. So where did that come from? Um, so my mother was, was uh, full blood native American and my wife was kind of looking up uh, lineage names uh, based on my, my father's name. And it just so happened to be famed wolf. So we thought, well, that's, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool name. It's kind of odd. Um, so she just incorporated the wolf um, into it. And we've all just went by that name. It just, it kind of, it was so odd, you know, and the shirt, I wanted something kind of pronounced and sort of like, uh, you know, Cobra Kai, Karate Kid, you know, everybody remembers the Cobra, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, that was fun. You can't forget it, right? So for 30 years, I mean, I still remember those shirts. And I think that this shirt has kind of been that Cobra Kai of region two. I mean, it's take one look at it, you kind of remember it, you know. And the logo being on the front is so 
uh, different from any other RC team. Everybody else wears their sponsors up front. Mm-hmm. Um, we wear the opposite. You know, we sponsors on the back and uh, my logo on the front. Uh, team guys, you know, sponsored guys, we honor the manufacturer's wishes and we do put their, their sponsors on the front, but the team logo on the back, um, just out of respect for the, the manufacturers that they represent. Yeah, that's a very cool logo. Um, believe it or not, I'm supposedly of Native American heritage too. Um, they, uh, the Pequods came over to um, came over to my home country of Bermuda, just a small island in the Atlantic, as indentured servants, and they settled on um, uh, like where I, where I'm from in Bermuda. It's a small island, but where I'm from is it's a smaller island. <clears throat> it's not all connected, but it wasn't back in the day. So they settled there and. Apparently, like my great, I don't know, but well, we all come from some sort of lineage from, and that part of the island, we come from that that lineage. We have powwows and stuff. Um, we st- we just started doing powwows, so yeah, it's cool stuff. I really I really dig the Native American heritage, and I respect it a lot. Um, did a lot of studying on it in my life, and yeah, I love it. So I really like the logo, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. So I like this whole team aspect. <clears throat> you got. Like it's a team, but everybody runs whatever kind of runs whatever they want. But you're part of this group. Um, what it, what is actual region two of um, region two of Raw? You're talking about, correct? Well, I, I I changed the region up so much. So we majority of our guys are from PA and Maryland and uh, Northern Virginia. So we kind of I mean I don't go by um, Roar guidelines. They're, that region's a little too vast and kind of out of my territory, but. Yeah. Um, so we concentrate from uh, PA, West Virginia, um, Maryland, and Virginia. We're branching down. Um, we, we got a we got a guy and a team manager out in Wisconsin. So we're trying to get out in that area too. Uh, it's just been slow going, and their racing is so seasonal. You know, with just the just the winter for the most part, and very limited nitro or a scale. It's been really hard to get out there. Um, but yeah, we we. But that's our four four major states that we kind of focus on with our yeah. racing and, and our guys. Yeah, I think the guys in Wisconsin actually race a lot in Minnesota too. Uh, I, I could I do have a we do have a driver there's named Wayne. I haven't spoke to him for a while. He used to come PMB. He used to drive from Wisconsin to PMB every year. Um, so yeah, man, I, I really dig that. I like that. Uh, what, so. What do you guys do for the for the young racers? Because we, before we came on there, I was just telling you we had Brandon Schimmel. He's one of you, your racers, I believe. And um, it was good to have those young guys on. They were talking smack, talking about what they think about RC. And um, what what do you what do you guys do to help motivate these young racers? Because I like you and I believe that the youth are the future, and we need to we need to teach these young guys and keep RC cool and make it awesome for them and show that. Maybe they may not make a living in it, but you can also meet a lot of people that share what you like, and that and knowing people is one of the biggest things in the world. So, what do you guys do to promote the youth and help them along? Well, that's still, you know, that's the one thing that I'm lacking is is so the team evolved so quickly. Every every idea and every game plan I had kind of got sidelined because I originally had plans on just having kids. Um, and kind of work with them one on, on the one-on-one. This thing has turned into almost a business, so it's been very difficult to kind of stick with that game plan. So we bring the kids on, and I just try to create a, a kind of a cohesive atmosphere where 
they feel welcome. Um, it's not about winning with us. You know, it's just about uh, camaraderie, team atmosphere. Um, I definitely want to try to work more on the one-on-one -on -one level with these guys, but everybody is so spread out. So it's, you know, to get track days in with the, with the kids, it's very difficult. But on race days, uh, we try to bring as many of the kids together and I make sure that they're, they're well taken care of for. I mean, we have, we have deals where we can make it affordable. These guys aren't having to run the same tires race after race. Um, no need to worry about having a, you know, a third generation hand-me-down kit. You know, they have all the resources and there's people at the tracks. We, we've been so involved with these tracks that there's all kinds of help. And I don't know everything. I'm, I'm 45 years old. I'm not going to get any faster than I am now. I'm not going to show um, our kids how to drive any faster than they are. Majority of them are already faster than me. So that's an area of, of the team that we are going to have to work on. Um, and that's something that I've tasked Ryan Schaefer with is to make sure that we make a bigger impact on growing these drivers and teaching them because there's a lot to it. You know, it's not just show up, plug a battery in and go. Um, and the thing, like you said, we're trying to compete with girls, trying to compete with video gaming. Um, you know, kids get first a driver's license. So there's a lot of, a lot of distractions um, that they find when they, when they hit that age. And that's about the prime. You know, I think 16 to 17 years old is really the prime. It's when these kids seem to really develop that speed. Uh, Brennan is a, is a prime example of what I've watched Brennan since he was little and Jacob Hardison as well. You know, these kids, they come on, it seems when that maturity level starts to really settle slightly, um, they really come on and we got to keep them there. And that's, you know, with gaming, uh, this new RC gaming thing is just taken off. I, I know people that don't even race anymore because they're, they're RC gaming online. So it's, they don't even bother showing up to the track anymore. And it, it's a shame. Um, I'm totally counter uh, that. I don't, I, I just don't see a point. If you want to play RC video game, why not show up to the track and do the real thing with your teammates and friends? And if you don't yeah. have any, make some, you know, so yeah. I, I don't get the gaming aspect, but that's kind of where we're at competing to try to keep mm -hmm. the kids motivated and interested. And it's a, it's a challenge, man, to say the least. It's really been a challenge. I mean, I love gaming too, but if I, lived in an area where there was, you know, people, I think a lot of times I tell people all the time, you're very fortunate to have these awesome tracks <clears throat> and facilities around you. And I know some places don't have as many tracks as others, but I tell people, man, I, ca I came from a country in Bermuda. We have one track. We still only have one track, even here in the DR where I live now, we we're just getting a track back. So it's a uh, definitely fortunate. And something else you touched on was making people feel, feel welcome. <clears throat> I on this quite a few times because I think as RC people we get so stuck in our bubble that we 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 get introverted and we don't want to introduce us not everybody but these new we can be very intimidating to new people coming into this hobby slash sport and we need to be act and that can turn people off <clears throat> so we need to you know we need to have we need to be more open and be more welcoming welcoming uh, you know what I mean to people right so what's up and that goes for them as well they should you know both it goes both ways but i like that team welcome everybody hey what's up and help them out and hopefully they stay in rc i, I love that factor of what you just said as well yeah. and, so, uh, 
we, we try to, so that's, that's what I'm good at. So when I see a young kid come that's new to the track, if he shows up more than twice, then I, I approach him, introduce myself and offer, you know, any assistance, any help. Um, I always bring tons and tons of tires. I always bring a spare uh, kit. So I, you know, I have several cars that are set up, ready to go. So if anybody who's new wants to try to um, go out there and wheel a little bit, I always have a car ready um, as a backup. So that was always my, uh, my way to approach new people. And I, if, if their dad's there, you know, I, I just signed the kid uh, who I think is going to be very good. And his father comes and his, his dad started racing with us and they've been like a you know, father son duo. And, and it's nice to have, have people like that on the team. They work good together and I see progress every, every time they show up to the track and you're right. It is a very, uh, it's a very difficult uh, click. Sometimes we're, we're all clicky. We have our circles that we stick tight with and it's very difficult sometimes to approach four or five guys when you know your lap traffic and you're, or you're just getting started. It's hard to really break through and say, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'd really like to, uh, to know more about what it is you guys are running. Cause I was that guy, you know, I came in, uh, being a, kind of an old timer walking into a sport with a bunch of fast kids in a premier facility. I mean, adrenaline RC is one of the nicest tracks on the East coast. If, if not the nicest track on the East coast and it, it, there were some fast guys there and it was really intimidating when I came in and I was the odd guy out. I think that's probably what kind of uh, spun me into into creating a team around myself that way I wasn't the, wasn't the odd guy you know so I you you kind of nailed something with me that we need to be more open and more welcoming. I had somebody tell me something about PNB that kind of kind of struck me. I've been a little intimidated about going to PNB every year. I've never been. Um, I always choke at the last minute and just say, you know what, I'm just not ready. As a, I have high anxiety anyway. I'm, I'm the most anxious person and, and hyperactive person, and I don't sleep very much, so that probably uh, excites a lot of that. But I talk myself out of going out of that intimidation factor. At, at the Nats, the same thing. You know, Some of those guys were welcoming uh, and open-minded. But you can just tell that there's a barrier uh, between certain factions of drivers, and you're not going to counter that barrier. It's when people are in race mode and they're there to win and there to perform. It's it's very hard to give one side of yourself to the general public and newcomers. And the problem that I have is that every track that I've raced at here this year it's so competitive. We're so competitive that I think sometimes we, we kind of lose our vision for what we want to do because we're out to win, out to get better. And we lose sight of the big picture. And that is, Hey, there might be the guy next to you. who's running swelling battery packs or bald tires, or there's gotta be a way we can help and, and grow the, grow the hobby. Cause I mean, it's definitely shrinking. It's, it's a shame when the over 40 class is the largest class. I mean, it's mm -hmm. something's wrong with that picture, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of people argue and say, Oh, but this race, we had a hundred and we had 250 entries and, and this, and I agree with you. Um, I think it is shrinking. Unfortunately, we, I honestly, when somebody says entry count, I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, how many people were there? You know? Um, yes. Things can be, I think things can be better. We, we, we just need to, 
we need to attack this. I say this all the time. We need to attack getting new people and promoting RC in all forms, all forms. I'm not against any type of form of promoting what we do. Anything, anything that can be done to promote what we're doing, we need to do it. And we, yeah, I agree, man. Um, and you should go to PMB though. You should go or go to Wicked Weekend or one of these races. Wicked Weekends, I've never been, but I might go this year. It's a little bit more relaxed. It's open. It's 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 um it's a great race, and there's tons of people that will help people out. Like you know, and these pro guys, you just gotta kind of. I used to be intimidated by them too, right? But you just gotta kind of pick your time when you go ask them something. You know, you don't want to go talk to them right after they just had a, a crappy run. You know, maybe wait, let them calm down. Or when they're thrashing on their cars or something. So it's it's all good, man. <clears throat> but you should go to one of these big races. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm on the fence with it. There's a there's a great local race um, at R2 HQ, which is formerly G's Raceway. He's having a really cool night race, and I'm I'm kind of on the fence on which way to go. I got guys, team guys going to PNB. I've got a slew of team guys going to uh, R2 HQ. So it's going to be good, a great weekend of racing, no matter which direction I go. So I like, you know, it is what it is. The, I, I do this for fun. Um, mm-hmm. I take it entirely too seriously. I think sometimes everybody uh, does. That's, it, it's, you're not alone. Yeah. It's very tough not to, I mean, you don't, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a live wire. Anybody who's raced with me knows that off the track, I'm probably one of the nicest people you ever want to meet on, on the track. It, it's, it's a different story. I, I just, I automatically change into full blown, just race mode. I don't want to lose. Um, I saw them win, but I don't want to lose. And I, I'm guilty. You know, I'll be the first one to tell you on the track. I'll give you hell. Um, I won't give you an inch, but I'm, it's kind of my stick. You know, I've, I've known for that. It's been that way since I started, uh, started racing. Well, I mean, you can't be, you know, punk on the track either. I, I think um, we all suffer from that, man. I, yeah. I, I don't race anymore, unfortunately. I think the last time I actually raced at a big race was AMS 2018, and I didn't even get upset. I was just happy to be racing. Um, but it, it's all right, man. I mean, we're racing. <clears throat> we're men, and yeah. we, we're competitive. We would, like, we, if, if it was snails racing, we'd be there like cheering on which snail is faster and betting money or something on it. So, oh, exactly. yeah, so, yeah, go so ahead, race, you know, racing to me, I try to have fun with it. I, there's nothing I, I find more fun than hanging out with my guys, drinking beer, watching the races. I enjoy the mains, you know, it's just, I had the best time, um, watching Lutz and Hardison battle it out that whole weekend was just, was just great. I, it was the most fun I've had at a race in, in a long, long time. And I just want to kind of create that atmosphere, uh, for my own selfish reasons. You know, I, I started USRC for very selfish reasons. I, I, I don't go to the big races, but I said, you know, I, I have all the equipment that, you know, I used to DJ weddings and I, I have a live music background. So I have a lot of PA gear. So I play the music and crank it. Uh, I picked the set list of what I'm going to listen to. I play the music I enjoy. And we And believe me, we crank it. We kind of create the, the big race, you know, feel at a small event. And 
I do it. I do it for myself. Because uh, it, it to me, it's 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 the environment I feel comfortable in. You know, it takes me back to the days of of rocking. You know, just having a great time. And so, what is your exactly? I didn't copy that. What was that? Can you what What is USRC exactly? Um. Well, we we. I mean, we're a, a race series. We're kind of evolving. Uh, we started out as uh, the typical uh, traveling race series. Uh, we wanted to stick uh, between Pennsylvania, um, Maryland, and Virginia. We didn't have. We never expected to travel any further than that. We started out with um, ten scale. It had a really good winter, um, some really successful races. Lots of guys came out. Lots of fast guys came out. Really put on some good shows, and uh, so we said, you know, let's let's carry this into our A scale racing, and we did. And we started racing indoor A scale through the winter between uh, Mimi's, uh, the track of Gaithersburg, and Adrenaline, and it, it it evolved from there. We said, you know, we'll carry it into a outdoor season. So. Um, we're we're going to grow it. It's now we're starting to gain traction. I think uh, word is spreading, I, and I think the atmosphere is is a big part of it. We, we try to make it fun. We try to run it at a pace that's doable, so guys have time to actually work on their cars uh, and get enough track time to where it is a, it's a one day event. We don't want to you know drag out a fifteen hour day, but we get through the days. Uh, we have a great race director who's come out to all the events so far. And uh, he knows our system. Uh, and that's Garland, Garland Smith Jr., uh, okay. the track owner of R2HQ and the uh, Aurora Region 2 uh, director. He also directs USRC for us. And he does a fantastic job. I, I think he's the best in the business. I mean, from every race he does, he's entertaining, he's funny, he keeps the program moving, uh, interacts with the drivers on the stand, uh, um, marshals on the track. He just... He just makes a show of it. You know, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Do you guys do any special uh, format or is it just like IFMAR style qualifying and racing? So we've tried several formats. Um, now we're just going with the heads up uh, style format uh, throughout the day. And it seems to keep the program moving um, and kind of creates that, that, you know, all, all or nothing kind of atmosphere, you know. Heads up racing is fun. Uh, I, I like traditional uh, qualifying, but I found that to keep the excitement level for the uh, spectator, that the heads up racing is is uh, is where it's at. So you do uh, how many qualifiers do you do on your one day race? Uh, so heads up qualifiers. So, how long? Five minutes. Yep. So we're so depending on we adjust it depending upon the turnout. Uh, typically, go we go uh, three six minute quals all heads up, um, eight minute uh, truggy and ten minute uh, e buggy. We have had to shorten the program because of the turnout um, because it was just going to take too long. Um, but we never we never cut it you know too much. We just try to stick with a minimum you know two quals, but. We like to run three. We we ran three with Lutz, and uh, we we ran a little bit long. He I tried to adhere to the schedule that he gave me. Um, he wanted to try to get wrapped up, you know, by six because he had a, a long drive home, and we went way longer than that. Uh, it was a long day. 
So how about the uh, the mains? How long are your your nitro mains? So your and your e buggy mains, e truggy mains. So so we're we're trying to run ten and ten on the e side, um, and thirty minute nitro mains, and fifteen okay. minute uh, fifteen minute okay. lower mains. Buggy and truggy, or just single. Uh, well, we went eight minute truggy, but um, like I said, depending upon the program size, we'll, we'll go ten minute with a truggy as well. But it's just one, one, one main, or is it double? Or no, just one single main. Okay, all right. Well, that's still a good, a good. Um, if you can get three qualifiers, three six minute qualifiers in, all heads up, a thirty minute nitro main, and most people are going to be running e buggy or e truggy anyway. So that's a good day of racing. It, it is, and uh, it, it's a long day. It's it's a really long day. I think next year we're gonna we're gonna expand. We're gonna do a, some two day races. And probably not do so many traveling dates. Concentrate on a on a big race and promote a little bit heavier. Give ourselves some time in between because it's it's been really taxing on me and Gabe to do all this traveling. And it's been a lot of fun. We went to some really outstanding tracks. Uh, you know, Silver Creek is a relatively new track, and it's yeah, it looks good too. Looks yeah, really fucking, good. Yeah, absolutely. He manicures that like a golf course. I mean, it it's it's like. I mean, it's crazy. Really fun place. Um, City View, another new track. But just hit the uh, hit the scene. A lot of fun. Big jumps. Just, it's out. It's out in the. Uh, it's out in the mountains. Uh, I guess you would call that the Blue Ridge Valley. You know, out there in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and really, uh, really cool track. Um, Brand new. He's got a really cool 10 scale track as well that looked really, uh, really appealing. So it's in uh, Virginia. It's in Virginia, yes. Okay. And uh, he did. He really did it up. I mean, he's got a really cool stand, uh, kind of like a condo style um, scoring house booth. And the track is a good size. I mean, I'm really impressed with with all the work he's put in in a short amount of time. And he, and he did it. I mean, relatively by himself, I think, you know, but have that big of a facility. Really cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to go check it out. So how many races is it? I know, uh, well, kind of COVID's messed up everything, but how many races uh, are planned for this year? So um, we, were, we originally wanted to do, I think we had nine uh, scheduled races and we've had to cut, cut some. We just lost a race at uh, WCRC because of the uh, the recent uh, back back tracking on the uh, the codes, the ordinance or whatever that they're doing with COVID nineteen, they went back down to a twenty five person cap. So we had to uh, to change the date. So we have a upcoming race, August fifteenth, is going to be um, at G's Raceway R two HQ. Um, August 29th, we're going to Sumter, South Carolina. Mm, another great track. Yep, really, really awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, September uh, 19th, uh, we're going out back, right back to Sumter with uh, effects of nitro. So looking forward to that. And there's some weekends that we will fill um, between then and now. I think August 8th at Adrenaline RC is a tentative um, date for effects of nitro. So we should be there. And something else will probably pop up in between uh, then and now. But we're we're going to support the uh, the tilt yard and the tilted worlds, uh, mm-hmm. Fame Wolf Racing and USRC uh, August first and second. 
we made that decision this morning. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool race. We're really looking forward to that as well. You know, I've watched, I've, I've known, not known him, but I've, yeah, I would say I've known Homer for um, 20 years, man. Um, back from the old starting grid days. I even have a Losi Triple XNT that I bought from his B-Main Racing shop, hobby shop way back in like 1999. I have it here and I have tires, everything that I bought from him. And back then, I always admired his tracks yeah. and I've been watching him build this the recent one. And it's, it's just one of those, it's a bucket list track that I've always wanted to go to. And hopefully one day I'll get there, but um, yeah, it looks really badass. and he's done something different and I can't wait to see some cars going around it. And man, people just like to go there and, and I'm glad you guys are going by there and it's, it's going to be, you know, he's just been in this for a long time and he was doing 3D type tracks before they were even popular. So um, uh, it's good to go there. And um, how many classes uh, do you run in USRC? So we, we, we typically run sportsman, four-wheel drive, short course. Uh, we try to run an intermediate uh, open class e-buggy and we, tr- and we want to try to run an expert. Um, but like I said, it's, 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 it's track by track. We, we pretty much know where the turnouts are going to be uh, between the tracks, and we pretty much know the classes that we run. We take a lot of input from the track directors in their areas, and we ask them what they feel is going to be uh, the best. URC is kind of unique because you only have to finish in the top five to qualify for the, for the final event. So we're really not a series at all. We're just a series of races. Uh, but if you finish in the top five A main, uh, you don't have to attend another USRC race to qualify for the final race. Uh, you're already you're already qualified. Yeah, that's cool. So the finals will be where? Uh, R2HQ. Yeah, you know, that's another great track. G, well, I, I've, I've seen some videos of G's, and I always admired that track as well. You guys have got great tracks up there, man. Yeah, weather, it's fantastic, yeah. Weather is your issue. It, that's the problem. Yes, weather's been a really big problem last year. Um, we got a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, racing in, but yeah, the weather is, it's always a, it's always a problem for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, just, you know, I, the, the, the whole East coast is full of, of series, but I haven't really heard much in your area. So I like how you've, you've just kept it to PA, Maryland, um, Virginia, and you've, you've, you know, you skirt down to South Carolina. I think you even, did you go to Wilkesboro at one point too? We were supposed to be in Wilkesboro August 1st, but okay. uh, that, that's the one that, that uh, shut me down because of uh, the 25 person cap. Oh, right, right. That's another, that's a, that's a track I, I've um, always wanted to go to like old school offer a track. So yeah, man, um, you guys definitely travel quite a bit. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I mean, we're going to do a lot more. I mean, it's, I mean, we're going up to the barn. Um, we're oh, yeah. in Grant. So that's coming. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a lot of, a lot of traveling here. We're hoping to get it all in, but you know, between now and November, I, I want to try to cut this off. Mm-hmm. Um, November 10th. I don't really want to do much after that. Cause I want, you know, it's, it's kind of an important time for the country with the general election coming and, we just kind of want to uh, let people prepare for that and kind of get ready. Um, COVID is also, you know, starting to expand again and create a lot of problems throughout the country. So we kind of 
have to be mindful. But uh, we're going to race all the way into November and as many dates as we can book between then and now, between both of my programs, I'm, I'm hoping we can get some really good races in. Sweet. So at these USRC races, you you got all your DJ gear and you're blasting music and it's, it's a, you know, a party. How about food and all that stuff? Is that provided by the local? Yep. So the food trucks in our area are, are hardcore. They don't, you have to have like a 40 to 50 plate minimum. We haven't found mm-hmm. any food trucks that are willing to gamble and come out to an RC race. I, Adrenaline had one that came out a few times and he didn't, we didn't meet the quota of sales. So right. uh, it just never really has been profitable, but I did apply for my food prep license okay. and uh, I love to cook. You're gonna be busy. I, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to start so- cooking. Yeah. Like you don't want it, you don't go to sleep. Like you now, you're gonna start cooking food, and you, <laughs> yeah, you you stay still, do you? No, I don't, and uh, that's that's probably that's why funny. I look like I'm 60 years old. And I'm oh, you actually look. I didn't know you was 45 years old. I thought we was about. Um, well, I'm 40. I go 42 a couple of weeks, so not too much older than me. But um, I got a lot more gray hair than you. But that's what happens when you work with JQ. So um, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty cool. All right. So no, you also have USRC sounds pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I really had, I, I've been, I kind of have been following it, but I haven't like, you know, I didn't really know too much about it. So now I do. And, um, I think it's an awesome concept. Um, well, now you have well, to mind, Keenan, the goal Excuse for me? USRC is we want to become larger than life. We, we want, we want to do what nobody else has done and we want to bring major races to every local track on the east coast mm-hmm. that's the goal we we want to we don't want to go rent arenas and we don't want to go rent um, major facilities we want to support the local tracks and we want to support the local track owners and the hobby shops that may or may, may not be on the property that that's the goal and that's the mission statement we want to grow and and usrc is is the best way I know how to help grow the sport. So that's been the mission statement since it started was, I mean, it's United States radio control. I mean, that's, I mean, it is, it is what it is. We're going to keep growing and we're going to try to blow this up to the, to the biggest hobby on the planet. And I, and I won't stop, you know, until we, we reach the goal. Well, you know what, man, I am all a, Let's do it because anything, like I said, that's, I love RC. That's why I do this podcast. It hopefully connects something and helps make uh, what we do a little bit more cooler. Cause I think what we do is cool as shit. And Me too. I, um, I just can't fathom how other people don't, I, but I, I mean, yes, everybody thinks that their sport or their hobby is the best. So, um, but yeah, you, you had a, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, they do with the the video that they got from this week at um adrenaline and um yeah two it was what was it again it was one two, a camera guy and a journalist yep they had a journalist and uh, his cameraman which is which is they what they from what they explained to me is pretty typical of of the shoots they the field reporting that they do when they travel about um, they said they, they shoot a lot of video, a tremendous amount of video, and they spend a lot of time in the editing to try to, and they, what they do is they usually give a segment, you know, the average is like four to 12 minutes 
for a 52 minute aired aired taping. So we're hoping that we can meet, you know, 15 minutes worth of that segment, because I think we can convey a, a pretty big message uh, to their viewers about what we do. They were so uh, excited about coming. Uh, Greg is the journalist. He's a really great guy. Um, he wanted to wheel a nitro around. So Gabriel Galliano, uh, my partner in USRC, he set up his car and they put a GoPro on it and they let this guy wheel around. And I'll tell you, he got around the track pretty good for a guy who's never driven a nitro car. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, and, and they GoPro'd it and it was really cool. Um, and they were so excited. And the cameraman told me we were doing our interviews with him. And he said, so this is similar. The way you guys qualify is like similar to, to real automotive racing. I said, absolutely. He goes, but he goes, I find this more exciting. You know, I, I dig this more. And mm -hmm. the journalist was scheduled from like 12 to four. He said he may stay till five and shoot. Um, he stayed all night. Um, really had a beer with us, hung out, watched the mains and, and, uh, took pictures after the awards. And he was just, uh, he seemed like he really enjoyed it, you know? So that, that meant a lot to me. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of part of it. You, you see new people come out and they don't leave. They stay around, they stick around, they hang out. So, you know, the interest is there. And Once you come, that's it, man. We just got to reel them in. Got to reel them in. in. Yeah. And yeah. they get it. We ain't putting the bait out there, Rob. We ain't doing it. We need to do more. Um, that will air in the fall, you said, right? Yeah, they said uh, the taping uh, probably most likely the fall, late fall. So we're going to keep our ears in tuned. And I'll be in contact with the uh, journalist Greg from Motor Week. And he's going to okay. kind of keep me in the loop. And I, I told him I invited him out to some of the other events. And if he wanted to shoot more uh, video, I'd, I'd love to have him out. I even offered to pay him if he, if he wanted to come out. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, the other cool thing is they're going to share all the raw footage with us. Mm -hmm. So once they edit it and take their portions, they're going to give uh, us all of the raw data. That way we can chop it up ourselves and, and edit it and make a promo video for USRC. Yes. So that was a big part of why I was so excited when they said that they were willing to do that. That That is really cool because uh, it's very expensive to get a videographer out who knows what they're doing with, you know, different camera angles and shots and the experience to get the good, the good shot, you know? So that's uh, just another feather in the cap, you know? Yeah, man. I was, uh, when you told me that, I was like, yeah, that was a good move. Very good move. Getting the raw footage. And uh, just do something like something cool, man. Catchy, you know. Catch catch somebody's eye, and you never know where it can where it can lead. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So not only do you have uh, you have you're busy with Fame Wolf, uh, you're busy with everything else. You you now you're gonna cook and you're doing all this type of stuff. But you also have, I believe, it's another series going as well. FX of Nitro. Um, FX of Nitro is my wife's program. So it's just a series of, of one-off races, one-day events. Um, it's, it's a different format. It's a moto-style format. Uh, she's, so she, she liked the motocross aspect of the sport with Nitro. It was a lot less boring than E, you know, watching e-buggies wheel around. So she, me and her need to spend time together. We need to do something together because I spend so much time um, 
involved in RC and some and at work and so many other things that I have going on. And so this is a way for me and her to, to, to do things together and spend time together. Cause my kids go to every race with me and my daughters, they there's suddenly will you see me without one of my kids with me. So I get the quality time with them, but I don't always get it with my wife. So she said, Hey, you know, why don't I start a race program and you help me teach me and uh, get me more involved and, I, so I said, sure. So we designed a, a cool logo together, picked a really cool color. I like Kawasaki. So we went with a uh, very similar Kawasaki green uh, logo. And I launched it with her. And our first event was at G's, uh, R2HQ. And her very first outing outperformed any any uh, entry count that I've ever had with USRC in her very first race. And I was really, really proud of her, you know, and we learned a lot from that event. It was a very long day. It was a 15 hour race day. So, but, um, drivers got more track time than, I mean, it, it was like more than any race that I've ever been to. Uh, I've never been on the track that much in my life. Uh, I more than I want it to be, to be honest with you. So it's a, yes. it's a new format. So just nitro buggy, right? No, we run, we run uh, E as well, but our, okay. our main focus is the nitro classes. Mm -hmm. um, and our, and it's, a, it's a tough program because it's, it's kind of evolving. We're, we kind of tested, um, we've had three races and we kind of tested which format works the best, but we want to run tentatively two four-minute seating rounds and three moto rounds. Um, the moto rounds will be, you know, uh, five to six minutes, uh, all heads up. And we want to use the third qualifier as, as a semi semi qual. And for the lower, the, the guys who don't make the finals that the, the third semi qual will be their final race. Um, and it's very similar to Supercross. If you don't make the show, um, you don't make the show, but you've been on the track, uh, you know, you spent a tremendous time on the, on the track. So it's, it's really fair minded. And we, we are awarding, you know, at her race, we awarded all the lower tier guys. So, um, which would be, we don't run mains, so there are no mains, but in the semi qual, uh, which would have been, you know, the B main, uh, we did award those guys and it's all bracket racing. We don't do resorts. We, uh, we do per moto resort, uh, in the position that you finish. So you stay. The reason I designed it that way is because I don't believe in main shaming. And unfortunately it's a thing that happens. A lot of guys tell me I'm not, I'm not going to a big race cause I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars to enter one class and finish in the Z main. Um, but if you look, I spent a lot of time, uh, studying lap times and finishes of all mains. And if you look at a group of D of the D main, um, at any major race, the guys are within two tenths of a second of each other. There's no blowouts. I mean, there's very few. The, the you might have a sandbagger that has uh, that's been walking his way up through the lower mains, and he might be the breakout guy. But that's you know even that's kind of rare. So why should you feel bad that you ran in a D main with a group of guys who who were only separated from you by two tenths of a second or even less. Why would you feel main shamed in that? Because you just stood on a driver's stand with 10 guys who were your equal. What's to feel bad about? I mean, those guys are as good as you, if not faster. 
They spend the same amount of money, probably put the same amount of time. They just don't have the hand-to-eye coordination or the amount of time to vest in getting to the C main level or B main or A. So there should be no main shaming. You shouldn't feel bad about racing with a group of guys that are your your peers and your equals. So effects of nitro, we don't main. We don't have any mains. Every you race with a group of guys who you're going to race with three times, and the, you know there are bumps. You can bump out of that semi qual into the final, but there's no reason to feel bad, man. You're racing with guys who are just as fast as you. Uh, there should be nothing wrong with that. And, you know, if you don't make the finals, so what? You just spent an entire day on the track, you know. And everybody I talked to said, man, I, you know, I've never had this much time on the track. This is really cool. And I think they understood that they still had in their mindset that that third race is their main. And, and they're okay with that. But when you look at a sheet and you don't see uh, – a, B, C, D, E, F, G mains, you don't associate yourself with, oh, I'm a slow guy, I suck, or I can't be like, I just, you know, I can't get any faster. That's BS because who's to say you won't, you won't get any faster, but who's to say you will? But who's to say that the guy standing to the left and the right of you are going to stay right with you? You're going to, you know, I've been racing with the same group of guys for a couple of years and we're all very equal. I race with the same five guys and we're all equal. We're learning together getting better together. Are we going to be a main guys? Never, never. But I don't feel any shame in racing with those guys because I feel very competitive with them. And I know I'm not an a main guy, you know, but I'm okay with it. So effects is really near and dear uh, to my mindset, my vision. And I think that when people start catching on, it's going to create a final event, you know, I think people are going to really dig the final event because it's going to be the top uh, 15 to 10 guys in the, in the region. And I think they're going to put on a great show and I think it's going to be worth sticking around for. So for the spectator, to me, it's going to be cool. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, the three, like, no, three different final, you're racing the same guys. How much, um, how much track time would you get? Say if I was to come and just race nitro buggy, how much track time would I get? So you get the two, um, the two four minute seating rounds in the, in the traditional format. Um, we, we keep in mind, we learned a lot from that first race on how to expedite the program a little bit. And we, we ran into some issues, uh, with, with the format, but we worked those out, but, but tentatively you would get two seating, four minute seating rounds three five-minute moto rounds and if you made the final you would advance to the final in that particular class so there'll be a final for every group all the way from sportsmen all the way short course e-buggy uh, so forth and so on truggy as well all the way through so there's a final event which would typically just be your a main really i mean so a lot of guys were confused by the the change in the format but they i mean if you look at it it's the standard format. It's just a different way I associate terminology. So we're not calling it, you know, a main or a B main or a C main. So the, the psychology of it is that, Hey, you know, I've been out, I've, I've raced a lot, had a great time. I've bettered my position each, each moto. 
I'm doing my very best to make that lower end of that moto, you know, that final, that final moto. If I don't make it, I'm going to come back and try the next time, but there's no shame in what I did. I came out here and I, I kicked ass and did my best. And if, if I had my way, I would award everybody. Uh, and we did at that last event. I, I made a ton of awards and we gave a ton away. So, and I, w- I was happy, but that was our first race. We really wanted to try and, and test and tune a little bit. And um, we learned what worked and what didn't work. So you, you'll get a ton of time on the track more, more so than any other, any other format that I've ever run. And your wife, uh, does she race? She does not, but uh, you'd be hard pressed to not find her on the track marshalling or walking around meeting and greeting. She, she absolutely loves it. She just, she just likes to be a part of it, which is new, which is absolutely new. I mean, I don't know this, I don't know uh, what space alien abducted my wife, but (laughs) I couldn't drag her to the track at gunpoint uh, three months ago. Sounds like my wife. Um, Maybe if my son or daughter ever get up racing, she'll be more involved. Um, yeah, that's good, man. I like that. Dude, you're a busy man. Busy man. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Does she, uh, quick question, I don't know if your wife's there. Does she think we need more females racing in RC? She does. And she, she, was, uh, she was really excited to see uh, Jody, Jody Eller came out and she was just mesmerized by her, by her, uh, you know, how, fast she was on the track so she's like wow you know there are some fast girls and i said there's a lot of fast girls you know miss bella um who's a member of fame wolf i mean that that girl is fast so there are some really quick females and she's she's excited and she asked me to, to take her to the track and let her wheel around a little bit to see um see how she feels about it so you never know you might see uh you might see her out there at the track racing before too long yeah that's a another thing i'd like to see is definitely a lot more females racing um i want to see i know people say we should they should race with the men but i would like to see a female a female main one day and um see who's the best out of all the females it'd be great and um yeah that would be cool love to see it so i got a message right here and it's from your your team manager and ryan schaefer what's up ryan and he goes he just goes say to uh, say to rob holy call rob isaac and you know what i'm saying (laughs) <laughs> huh well ryan was recently promoted to the team manager role so he's running the show now yeah he just said say that and you would know what he's talking about um i don't know so a couple of couple of questions here before we wind on um you're, you're a promoter you're a racer you got so much things going on what did we kind of touched on it um what what do you honestly think of the state of RC right now? Um, what what can we what can we do? What direction do we have to go in to to change to to make things different to to get more people at tracks and like what I, you know like a lot of people like I said a lot of people sit there and say oh we're doing okay and let's keep on doing the same thing we've been doing over and over again expecting different results but. What would you like to see change? If you could change something right now. So I think, I think uh, TV coverage is where we need to be and what we need to see. I think we need to have a wider audience and a way to, uh, the way to reach more people. And I think that TV would be the way to go. I just don't see 
Um, me and Tanya, my wife, were at Outback uh, two weeks ago on a Saturday, and they, the bartender turned on the TV, and it was cornhole. And we were watching a cornhole tournament on ESPN. And the first thing she thought and I thought was, this is, I mean, this is the most boring thing we've ever watched in our lives. Why would, couldn't they air a RC race, an A main of an RC race? I mean, I think people would be captivated and like blown away by what they're seeing. These little cars whipping around the track, blowing smoke and, and you know, <laughs> I mean, how cool would it be? I, I don't know why we have not been able to achieve that. Um, I think that that would be the number one way. And second, I, I think that instead of concentrating on these huge and major events, um, people saving up for six months to go to one major event, I think we need to support the local tracks, the local shops, and bring bigger races and bigger events um, to those areas, uh, like LCRC. He doesn't use outside promotion to promote his, his track or his facility. He does it himself, and he brings major events to his facility to gain traffic and to create more drivers, and I think that he's cornered the market in that aspect. Uh, so I think we need to do the same thing and, and support the tracks and support the shops because if we don't, we're all going to be stuck with only being able to go to these major events. How can the hobby grow if a guy like me is too intimidated to go to PNB because of all the pressure, um, the anxieties that go along with it, I mean, I I wouldn't go there to party and hang out. I'd go there to compete and do my best. Maybe if I can get into a different mindset, but I, I just I just can't. So I don't see how we're going to grow if we don't grow our homegrown areas and our tracks and open more tracks and more hobby shops. Uh, Adrenaline RC, uh, Seth Hardison's got a very good vision for what he wants to do. He takes the young kids, uh, cultivates them, works with them. Jake works with them. And he wants to expand that vision and and maybe even franchise uh, Adrenaline RC. I think he just he's working on another facility, um, not so much a track, but another shop. and. So I think that's the way to do it. So, I mean, small local racers, small teams, small promoters like me, guys who coming in, let's let's save our money and support the local track. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not knocking the big races. They, they Dave Leakum's got to make a living somehow, right? I mean, these guys, Joey, all these big guys have got to got to make a living. I respect what they do and what they bring to the table, but. That's that, to me. That's the equivalent of NASCAR. So, I would have to save a while to go to Daytona to watch the Daytona 500, or I can go right down and see more captivating races and actually smell the nitromethane in the air, and actually taste the dirt at my local late model track. And to me, if that late model track wasn't there, would I ever? be into automotive racing would i ever be inspired to do it would i ever take the chance to to do it or to become a part of a race team i wouldn't i would have no no ability to do it so how are, are the newcomers going to get a taste of what we do if we're not doing it at the local level so you could say oh well there's a great race uh, at uh, dnc okay great but little johnny just got his first you know tracks is slash i mean i don't 
I mean, how okay? How are we going to get him involved? What are we going to do to to make make him want to keep coming back? Um, how about more more really cool races at our local track? How about more really cool uh, club events? Or and you go to a club race and there's twelve guys there. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, but there's eight hundred entries at these major events. But you got twelve entries at at your local tracks club race on any given night. I mean, it's it's just completely lopsided and, and we have to change that for sure. Or, or we're doomed. We're absolutely doomed. You're going to see the 40 plus class continue to grow um, and nothing else. If we don't change this. You know, I can absolutely agree with you. I used to like, I'm all about big, I love big races. I mean, I don't really, I can't, unfortunately, you know, I don't live where I can go club race and, and whatnot. If I lived in America, I would, definitely club race and my my attitude towards a lot of that has changed i know drake always says we need to get back to club racing and we need to do that and i i actually i actually absolutely agree with you um uh to these tracks and um just uh you know supporting these tracks obviously these guys have to make a living like People don't make a lot of money running tracks. That's for sure. We all know that. In fact, people lose money running tracks. So, yeah, I can agree with everything you said. And and definitely hobby shops, man. Hobby shops have to hit it from the three-prong attack, which is a good hobby shop, a good online presence, and a good track. So, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. And I'm not coming off being harsh to the, the promoters who spend thousands and thousands of dollars and, and, and countless hours making these events really cool. I'm inspired by them. I mean, I watch every one of the 5150 production videos of all the major races. And I, you know, I dream of, man, I'd love to be there with those guys. And I have team guys that go to these events and are a part of it. And, you know, it's just at my level and at my comfort level, um, I, I'm just, I'm excited to go to club races, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm competitive. I'm able to sometimes podium at the club level and I'm excited to go to the races every week. I I prep all week long for a club race. I mean, I am out there in my garage or downstairs in my RC room prepping and getting ready for a club race. And I find it, I find a lot of stress relief in that. And I think that it's still, you know, the club level is the way to grow it. And if we don't do that, then we're all going to be stuck saving our lunch money to go to PNB, which is fine. But what's that going to do for our local tracks? What's it going to do for our local hobby shops? I mean, A-Mains, they're going to be fine. They don't, they don't need uh, any help. Um, these, these major retailers are going to be fine. They're going to sell kits. They're going to promote their products, and they're going to continue to grow. But the poor track owner that's only sold two kits all week and he's got a $6,000 a month rent to pay and dirt to buy, track maintenance, employees, how can they make it? I mean, what can they do? So it, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. It really is. It comes we just need more people doing this. The more people doing this, the better it is for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm with you, man. I want to I want to grow this. I mean, you know, I, every, I've done several podcasts um, and I always say the same things. You know, I just, I want to grow it. 
me at the track, you know, I'm a different person. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you. I'm I'm not unapproachable, but I'm man, I'm rough, man. I mean, I'm there and I'm in it. And Fame Wolf Racing, I mean, we have a good time at the track. I mean, there's there's always beer in the cooler. Uh, there's always food. I mean, we're always trying to do um, something to make it fun and interesting. When I come to a race, <laughs> beer in the cooler and food and a good time, that's all I care about those days that race. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah when we can. I mean, the till yard to me is going to be um, a vacation, three-day three day vacation. Go there, camp, and have a good time, and uh, hopefully cook some good food and have some good times and I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, local. That's what it is. That's the local. Yeah. That's what people, a lot of people forget is getting together. Uh, I, always, I always say this, RC, it doesn't matter what color, political background, what race, what, what, what religion you believe in, what country you're from. We have this common denominator that is RC that brings us together. And we, sh we should all be able to come together and enjoy um, just doing what we do. And having fun and meeting new people. I mean, RC has been so good to me. I've met so many really good people through it and opportunities have come because of that. So yeah, yeah. that's why I'm so passionate. About this. I know. And uh, you of all people, you talk about me being busy, man, you are, I mean, you're all over Not the place. I, mean. I wish I was, I wish I could race more, but uh, we're getting back to, to having a tracker and um, <clears throat> maybe I'll get done a race, but I, I miss, coming to America. Uh, maybe I'll come for Wicked Weekend. We'll see. Um, it depends on things go here with COVID wise. And I'm just, just nervous about getting stuck somewhere. So we shall see. But I wanted yeah. to ask you something. I see that uh, you're so busy too. I see you play a Do you play guitar? I do. Okay. I've seen it on your Facebook and and whatnot. Um, that's what Joseph's into now in his spare time. And he's not on Facebook now, so he has more time to dedicate to that. He's learning pretty fast too. How long have you been playing guitar for? Uh, since I was about 16, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe you should hit him up and give him some tips. He's all into that now. All into guitar <laughs> playing. Yeah, it's an it's an addiction, man. You start playing guitar, it's uh it's no different than RC. It's a very expensive hobby. And if you want to choir you know like there was one time in my life when i had like 40 different guitars and probably just as many amps and uh i was kind of a a gear collector you know so it, it it's a it's a lot of fun something you can do by yourself in your spare time and it uh it actually it's it's a it's a great stress reliever as well so it seems like jq needs to relieve some stress he seems a little uptight so it's the perfect thing yeah. for him yeah thank god he's off facebook now it's been so peaceful um <laughs> Cool, man. Um, keep up the hard work. I appreciate I enjoyed this conversation with you. I got to know a lot more about what you're doing and about the man behind all of this. Would you like to uh, shout out and say thank you to some people before we sign out? Or is there anything else that you would like to mention before we uh, sign off? Yeah, I, I always like to thank uh, RC1, uh, Franco DeSiderio, uh, Maxi Velasco for everything that they do. Uh, they've brought me on and uh, kept me well prepared for the races and, and support all of our guys with, with really, really great product lines. Uh, all of our sponsors, the team sponsors, uh, AKA, I thank Joel Johnson for signing the team. Uh, it was really an honor for him to do something that's never been done. Uh, TJ Bradley uh, from Hot Race Tires, 
Uh, he got us started with True Source, uh, gave us our first team uh, deal, which really helped the guys out. Uh, we ventured on to AKA um, this year. Phantom Racing. Um, can't say enough about those guys, what they're doing uh, to help us get to the next level uh, with really great products, um, just great motors and batteries. I can't say enough. Um, I've been very, very supportive of, uh, of all, all my teams. Um, just everybody in general that's come out and supported Fame Wolf Racing, all my teammates, uh, Gabriel Galliano for helping me grow the team and, and help me keep grounded uh, with his many words of wisdom. Uh, he calls me and talks me off the ledge quite a bit. So he is um, what you are to JQ, uh, Gabe is to me. Keeps me, uh, keeps me on the uh, straight and narrow path. Uh, Ryan Schaefer for sticking it with me for so long since the beginning. Uh, it's been me and him. Uh, he's, he's also been pretty close and knows all the ins and outs and all the problems. Even in my personal life, he's been a good, a good source of me to be, uh, he's my vent, so, uh, so to speak. My wife for putting up with all of this and the expense and everything that's kind of come along the way. I thank her for everything she's done and all my teammates from, I mean, the best times of my life have been, with those guys here in the last three years and, and we've shared some really, really great moments and done some really great things. I mean, it, it, it's makes me feel really good when we all come together. Like you said, uh, our team's very diverse. Uh, we have a lot of different nationalities, uh, creed, color, doesn't matter on this team. We're all in it to win it. We're all there together. And that's, that's been kind of a the staple of fame Wolf racing, man. We're just, we all come together as one. Like you said, it's about unity, bringing guys together. And I, and I thank you, man, because uh, I know you probably don't know this, but you're the first guy that I reached out to. I told you my story three years ago, and I read the email that I sent you today um, through and through. Uh, I read it a couple times, and it, it yeah. the story is still the same story I told you. That's, that's where we got our start. Um, pretty much from that email and you, you know, you offered to bring me on to the JQ team and, mm -hmm. uh, and that's been three years and, and we're, here we are. And I finally made it onto your podcast. So huh. I was just started three years ago too. So crazy, yep. crazy stuff starting with JQ and all that there. So yep. awesome stuff, man. Keep doing, um, I appreciate what you're doing now that I've, I've talked to you and I figured out more and, and gotten to know who you are. Um, it's not easy what you're doing either. So, um, you know, running races and, and, and being a team, like being in charge of a team. Well, you still like, you know what I mean? Even though Schaefer's your team manager, none of this stuff is easy. Cause, um, yeah, it's, it's stressful, man. I know, but, um, we have to do it. Yep. And, we have to. and one more shout out. Um, I, I own another team as well called way of life motorsports and it's a dirt oval team. And, uh, David Mason just went this weekend to the spirit of RC and won, uh, the mega 100 outlaw race. Um, some big props to David Mason for going in the hostile territory and winning for our team, way of life motorsports. Uh, congratulations, David. Uh, super proud of those guys. Uh, it's a, it's a new team. They're about a year old, uh, but they're also, uh, sponsored, um, by Phantom and have really came on strong this year. They, they've had some great success, uh, with the product 
and it's really doing well for those guys. And uh, I'm, I'm just really honored that I've got a really good group of uh, Dirt Oval guys uh, and a really good team manager over there as well, uh, Stan Gruber. Phenomenal uh, guy. He's just the most easygoing guy ever, and he's, he's kind of leading that team. And we're going to grow that into a, uh, into a monster this year. Uh, with dirt oval because my heart's in dirt oval too i love i love the dirt oval racing so i forgot the i think that i think uh the sprint cars and all that stuff's cool something i want to try um next time i come to america i've never even been to one of those big races like that or anything but like a real race but i like the rc version of it so definitely something i want to try but man thanks thank you so much for having me on man it's been a pleasure talking to you i've I've always admired what you do thank you and your good work man and hey, get some sleep, man. You gotta get some sleep now. You can't be, can't be forty-five years old. Can't be not sleeping. But yeah. I get it. Sometimes your mind doesn't stop. I know. I go through it too. I go through it. Absolutely. Well, hey, man. Right. Keep doing what you do and rock on. And uh, and uh, hey, there's always a place on uh, Fame with Racing for you, man. So I want one of those cool shirts. So yeah, I might just have to do it. Hey, <laughs> what size you wear? Oh, it depends. Are those American sizes? Or... Yeah, three. Yeah, American. Three yeah, X. Three XL. Yeah. All right, I'll make that happen, man. I'll have one made up for you. Sweet man, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. And, um, keep up the good work, and I'll be following USRC and of course, uh, FX of Nitro. FX of yeah, FX of Nitro, and um, yeah, man, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. You're doing good things. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Are you tired of running laps against a clock? Are you tired of qualifying all weekend for a short little main event and cardboard trophies? Well, you better start packing because your summer is about to sizzle. Scale Racing Sports and BeachRC.com present the newest off-road indoor arena racing event on the East Coast, the Summer Sizzler. Summer Sizzler. If you run 1/8 scale nitro, 1/8 scale e-cars, or 1/5 scale gas, grab a buddy, pack that shit up, and let's go racing. At the Summer Sizzler, we race heads up all the time. A full day of practice, three 10-minute qualifying races, plus a last chance qualifier, 30-minute main events for all adult classes, and really cool trophies. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned pro, register now at rcsignup.com or on-site. Trackside Hobby Shop support from Beach Hobbies, free parking, free camping, free indoor pit area, and the largest driver stand and pit road you've ever seen. For more information, follow, like, and share us on Facebook at Scale Racing Sports. The Summer Sizzler, Labor Day weekend, September 4th, 5th, and 6th, Apex Arena, Withville, Virginia. The Summer Sizzler. Grip it. And rip it. And rip it. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Rob's Oil. Rob's Oil has everything covered for your Amsoil needs. Just hit up www.robsoil.com, order your oil, and it will be delivered to wherever you want. So when it does come to me going back to America and going to California, I'm going to hit up Rob's Oil Send some oil to Greg's house so he can get it changed and some filters because we've got to keep that janky JQ van going. 
Why Amsoil, you may ask? Because Amsoil makes top quality synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, four-wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, and anything else with an engine. Even the fifth scale guys are using Amsoil products and lubricants, as well as some guys are using them in RC and the cleaners and all that stuff. Good stuff. They make a whole bunch of good products. Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil users to experience the difference. Also, Amsoil products are formulated, blended, and packaged in the USA. Why Rob's oil, you may ask? Well, Rob is an RC racer. Him and his son race regularly. They love RC. They're big supporters of the podcast. And they're a small business. And we need to support each other in this RC community and help each other out. So go to www.robsoil.com, place your order for your Amsoil products, and not only will you be supporting a fellow RC racer, but you will be supporting the podcast as well. Thank you, Rob, for your support. And now on to the, the JQ Janky Gypsy Tales solo, because I'm flying solo today. And um, actually, for this part of the DNC trip, Joseph isn't needed because he wasn't there. It's going to be pretty short and sweet. It's Aussie-related, but it's also life-related. So after we had planned on me driving the van across America, which is a whole other story, even though Joseph was there, I want to tell it when he's there because it's funny. I stayed at Jay Smoker's house for a little bit, and I was like, Joseph, I'm going to... I had told him, I said, I'm going to pop up and uh, see my, my dad. He... I hadn't seen my dad for 21 years. He left Bermuda when I was like 14. And I went up when I was about 17 to see him. And I never went back. And we talked a lot on the phone. But, you know, I'd never been up to see him. I had a, a little brother. You know, growing up, I had seen him when he was younger. Then I had a little sister. I'd never seen her. And just, you know, I had a really great, still had a good relationship with my dad, talking to him and whatnot. But I'd, I hadn't seen him. So we had been talking. We had been talking. And, um. He, he had gotten sick. I was like, Joseph, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly up to, to Seattle because he lived in Seattle, uh, Tacoma. And I'm going to go see my old man for a couple of days. And I did that. So I booked some tickets. This is, sometimes in life, you just got to do things, you know, just on the fly. I've kind of been living, my life, is, my life has been an adventure ever since my accident. So going up to see my dad was something that I'm glad I got to do. And I wouldn't have gotten been able, been able to do it if I didn't go to DNC. So I hopped on a, I can't remember what plane, uh, American, flew up, rented a little car, found my dad's house, uh, got to see him a little while. He was really sick. Uh, he was, he had cancer, so he was fighting it really hard, but he had really, like, infection and all stuff. So he was, he has on a lot of meds, but he's still able to see me and, and talk, and we got to talk and sit down. And it was really good to do that. And then I, I, my brother, I got to hang out with him. So apparently during this time, there was a big race going on called the Holiday Hangover that happens in the Pacific Northwest. So I knew a few guys up there, Tim Wallace and another friend that was up there. I didn't know Monty, Monty Houston at this time. So I, I, he saw me up there. I was like, you didn't speak to him. I was like, I didn't know you. So me and my brother, my brother and I, we, we drove out to Moses Lake. It was about a two and a half hour drive. So my, I let my brother drive because I think I was making him nervous with my driver. Still not too much, too experienced driving in America. So we're going up through these mountains, it starts snowing. I'm like, it's March, February, late March, late February, early March. It's snowing. I'm like, dude, I've never driven in snow. 
So we're going through his drive and like, we can't stay up here too late because you might get snowed in up here. So we go to Moses Lake. Ryan Lutz was at this race. I went up to see Tim and his buddy. And I was just shocked at the amount of people up there racing in the Pacific Northwest. And this is kind of what has got me into like really admiring what they do up there. Indoor horse arena, purpose-built track, people racing, pitting outside, pitting inside. It was, it was a good, well-attended race. Holiday hangover. Hope to make it up there another day uh, sometime. And I'll maybe meet Rob as well because he's up from that area, I believe. But just just an experience that I was able to to go up and see my dad and also do some RC stuff at the same time and see a whole different RC, a whole different region of RC and open my eyes to to what's going on up there. So hung up there for a couple hours. And then my brother and I headed back to Seattle before it got too late. I did not want to get snowed in up there. And uh, it was just a cool experience to go up and see, uh, just to see that. People racing indoors and, and you know, I, was, I just... Everything's about opening your minds. Like you gotta, traveling opens up your minds. And even this was just a short travel, I never would have thought to go up there. So I head back to Seattle, spend a couple of days with my dad uh, and my brother and my sister. And we, you know, just bonding, having fun because we never have spent time together. And his step, uh, my, and, his, and his wife, who I knew, she was from Bermuda, nice lady. And yeah, just just different. Like Seattle was different. I remember I went up there in the summertime before, and it was it was really nice. On the wintertime, I don't know if I can handle it. Too rainy, too cold. Not wasn't too cold, but just you know, I don't know. Just definitely during the summer. Definitely during the summer. Hopped on a plane and headed back to California. After that, that's just a short little gypsy tale of a, a RC gypsy tale that I wanted to share with you guys. I probably said it on the podcast before, but that would be the last time I see my dad. He actually passed away in October of that year. Or was it, yeah, early October of 2018. But I was fortunate to get up and see him one last time. 21 years I hadn't seen him. That's a long time. And while this story is meant to be fun, it's also... It's just my little testament to if you if you want to go see somebody, don't waste time. You know, time is promised to nobody. Time is the one thing we're all limited on. If you want to do something in life, do it. Because you never know tomorrow's not promised to nobody. And through RC, I was able to go see my old man once again. And I'll never and that, and people probably, wow, why you you love RC so much and you're packed a bit. And that's reasons like that is why. Because because of RC, I got to go see my pops again last time before he passed away. And I'll never forget that. So yeah. A kind of somber but testament gypsy tale, short and sweet. Uh I was gonna include this in the in the uh and uh, in this one, anyway, that I was going to do with Joseph, who's going to talk about the the trip across America. But I just want to say thanks to thanks to Joseph and all the people that support JQ Racing, because if it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I know this is an RC podcast, but if if you haven't seen a relative or a friend in a long time, make that effort to go see them. I have to do take that advice myself because I have to go home and see my family in Bermuda. But RC is awesome, and RC allowed that to happen, and that's this. I want to give back to RC as much as I can and make it as awesome as I can try to make it as awesome as I think it should be. So 
next week we'll be back with some funny some funny uh RC gypsy tales. I've got a few guests lined up that know Joseph as well. I got a few of my Bermuda friends lined up. We're gonna talk about some of our our travels from when we went and it's good to catch up with the Bermuda guys too. Uh we had some fun times as well. In fact, we were just talking about it the other day on the WhatsApp chat. Thank you to Rob Zoy for sponsoring this. And thank you guys for listening to my, my little rambling testament for nine minutes. And uh, hey, up next is the JQ Racing Rant. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. We're back. We're back with the JQ Racing Rant. If you get offended fast, don't listen to this part of the podcast. Because we're back. What's up? You were saving this rant. You didn't have time. We didn't have time to do it last week. So it's been simmering deep with inside you. I'm not even going to say. I don't even know what this is about. So you know what? The floor is yours, Joseph. This is a general rant. This isn't an RC rant per se, but of course it affects RC too. This is this if, if affects everything in life because it's about something that we all do. All people do this, but we all do it to different degrees. And the reason I'm ranting about this is when people do this so blatantly, like so obviously, and I don't think that they... I don't think that they can be so blind that they don't see this. It's like they see this issue, but they just don't care. Or I don't know how they convince themselves that it's okay. I really don't. And it's, it has to do with hypocrisy. We're all hypocrites. All of us are. We all have something that we believe in, that we support, or that we say. But then our actions don't quite align with that. So let's say like, just some a simple example, like someone saying, oh, I'm so against animal abuse and I'm for animal rights and this and that. And then they go buy minced meat at the grocery store. And, and do, you, do you see what I mean? Like they, they, are, they say that they're against something, yet they eat meat. Like if, if you really, truly, passionately are against animal cruelty and you believe in animal rights and this and that, then I think you should be vegan or then at least sort of uh, not support the big industrial scale uh, meat industry. You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are some kind of uh, hippie sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in Finnish, it's luom. What are we it's like when it's natural. What, like when an animal dies it, naturally or something? No, no, no. Like uh, they do, like let's say a farm. Like Oh, organic. Farm. Organic. Yeah, organic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure there's some, you know, organic meat and eggs and all that stuff. Like animals are treated well and all that stuff. You know, so my point just being like we all do this. We all have things that we believe in, things that we're against, but we all prioritize them somehow. Like oh, it's just so convenient to eat this Big Mac. It's just so convenient to eat meat and eggs and this and that. Like, I care about those things, but I don't care that much. So I'm just going to go ahead and be comfortable in my own life, right? We all do that. Yes, of course. 
We do it. Yeah. We all do it. My problem is when this kind of thinking goes too far in the sense that the things that are affecting our lives and the things that we consistently say that we care about, we still are, aren't doing the right things. That's annoying to me. Just that this kind of thinking, like, for example, people, they say, like, I support the little guy, you know, I, I like to support small businesses and I like to support my friends and, and they, they talk the talk, right? But they don't walk the walk. So instead of supporting your friend who has a business, for example, they buy from corporations, they support corporations. Uh, instead of just supporting your friend who has a business, for example, you ask for something for free or a discount. And when you mm -hmm. don't get it, mm -hmm. you go and buy something at full retail yeah. from a corporation. It's crazy, isn't it? Right? It, how can you say that you support your friends, you support people who are entrepreneurial and doing good things? And this, like you say those things and you post posts and you post memes and you do this and you do that, but you don't fucking go in your pocket and support it by buying something or joining whatever they are doing. Or like, do you see what I mean? Like, you don't do that. You ask for a discount, you ask for free. When you don't get it, you turn around and you go to some big faceless corporation and you support them without any question. You know, that, that's, that's the one thing I, you I, see in RC too. I, it's it's in prominent in life, RC. It, it's prominent, yeah. super prominent. Yeah, it's like, or for example, like, I completely agree with, with this person or this company and these opinions, like, this is, this is awesome. And then you support someone who basically is against that. So it's like ideologically you are aligned with, with one group or, or one entity, but then you don't support them. You support someone who is against that. You know, it's like two different points of view at, same, at the same time in yeah. someone's mind. Like, um, how does that work? Actually, I just, or, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what were you gonna say? Well, I just looked up that meme that I that we we see pop up a lot, a lot, and it says, "Friends will ask for friends will ask for discount prices. True friends will pay full price to support you, your time, your support, you, your time, and your work." Um, yeah, and we even came up with a quote uh, earlier this week: uh, "Give me free shit, watch me fail, and it's all your fault that I failed." <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> um that's a whole different story yeah that's true too yeah it's it's um if you want to give somebody a discount like look i've, I've asked for discounts i'm not gonna i well i got it from her haggling her in a dr but i'm quick i'll pay full prices man i i do i mean if somebody wants to give me a discount so be it <clears throat> i'm not gonna ask for much you know i'll be like hey um, if you could help me out with that, that'd be great. You know, and I, maybe it's a person I buy from all the time, you know, but <clears throat> man, I, I feel you on this one. Just about honestly feel you on this one. I mean, we go through it. Yeah. Right? And, but it's not only that it's these, there. I'll give you another example. So many people say this and we've covered this on this show too, but it's just another example of this way of like non-thinking. You say things need to change. RC needs a World Series. Oh, well, not that one. <laughs> you know, or we need new people in this. We need to make 
RC, you know, seem more inviting to people and introduce it to new pe- new people. And and we need to grow this. We need to change something. Well, not that way. It's not change that. Yeah. Oh, RCGP. What RCGP did was awesome. You know, like people should get behind this and uh the media production was just amazing it's like look looking at full-scale racing it's just it's incredible it's awesome i love it but i'm not gonna join it or support it or we're not gonna join it's just not right it's it's too big of a risk we don't really know what's what it's all about like maybe they should have done like maybe it should have been free for everyone and so we can see what's going like what the fuck like people can't even have an opinion and then stick by it. Like it's put your so money where your mouth is. All these different things, all these different topics. It's the these are at the end of the day, many of these things are not complicated, really. If if you really want if people on an individual level really wanted to understand problems, figure out solutions, they could do it. But they can't even sit down for five minutes and get their own thoughts straight in their head. So they don't know what they think and they just go with the flow in any given situation. They just shoot from the hip, boom, whatever, however they felt at that moment. Instead of figuring out what the fuck their opinions actually are and then sticking by them. That's how you make progress. That's how you improve on any given situation. You take all the facts, you study them, you figure shit out, you make up your mind, okay? After you've made up your mind, then you work towards the solution consistently. And along the way, if you find out that you, you made, when you made up your mind, you didn't have all the information or you made a mistake somehow, then you adjust along the way. But you don't just completely change and be like this opinion today and that opinion tomorrow. In this instance, I am of this opinion. In this other instance where it's not beneficial for me, I'm going to be on the complete opposite opinion. It's fucking bullshit. It's, It's so annoying. That's one reason actually why I wanted to leave Facebook because this kind of thinking always goes on, right? But on social media nowadays, there are companies who take advantage of this. Like they are spending money making fake memes and ads and targeting people with all this propaganda to try and like make them a certain opinion, you know? Make them have a certain opinion. And it's just so annoying to see people fall for it. And oh my God, I just had wanted to get out of that shit. Because the thing is that I think all of us, human beings, like I said, we're all hypocrites to some extent. I think we, it's human nature to be selfish and greedy. I think so. Deep down, that's how we are. We care about ourselves. We care about then eventually like our family, the people we love. That's how we are. That's how we operate. But we live in a world where that's not compatible with the society we've created. We need to care about more than just ourselves or our families, you know? And the, the problems we see, I think, almost all boil, boil down to this problem in people. 
the fact that they don't make up their minds and they are they they lack integrity. People are far too hypocritical in everything in their lives. Do you see my point? Oh, you definitely got on your soapbox. I can tell that this been this has been simmering for a while. But um, a lot of what yes, because it's it's in it doesn't matter if it's a big thing, mm-hmm. the worldwide protests, this and that, or if it's a small thing like uh, supporting your friends' uh, business, or if it's a slightly bigger thing in the small thing of uh, of RCGP, for example. It's just everything, every kind of different thing that we do in the world. Yeah. These are the problems that, that we face. Unfortunately, Joseph, the world is not perfect and nobody is perfect. And nobody's perfect, man, but we can all strive to be good people at the end of the day. And being a good person, like we talked about a lot, it's about who you know in life. Um, I try to listen to everybody. I try to conversate with everybody because you learn when you talk to people, you learn when you listen what their thoughts and where they come from. And maybe you can affect change by talking to them and showing them uh, things differently. That's my, my way of doing things. But I also understand that different circumstances make people believe and make people feel different ways. Like, uh, like here in the DR, it's, it's a lot of stuff that I would consider, like I think is just silly and ignorant. Like, for instance, something silly. My wife thinks that if you're going to, if you're hot and sweaty, you know, even just as simple as this, as she's been ironing, if she's been ironing, she refuses to go to the fridge and open up the fridge because, oh, it's going to give you a stroke. That's ridiculous. But this is what, like, not just her believes it. Like, her mom believes it. And all these people believe it. And I'm like, I'll come in. I'm all hot and sweaty. I'm like, look, see, I'm opening the fridge. I'm putting my head in top of the fridge and nothing's happening. So a lot of people are maybe what is good to them is is different from what you understand like everybody has different circumstances different cultural upbringings everything so it's it's different you know like what i when i first when i first moved her to the dr like i would have never thought of giving a cop money to to let me go but her now that i'm her it's normal to me like it's part of life is it right probably not but it's the way to get by her it's either Give them 100 pesos or they're going to take you to the jail and just make your life a living hell. What would you rather do? So I don't know, man. I think that I think what happens in life, it depends on your circumstances, where you are, how you grew up. You know, people grow up in Finland different from people that grow up here in the DR or in Bermuda. Or we grew up different in Bermuda than people in America. So it's, it's a lot of things, a lot of circumstances. Um, I think we have to all take that into account. But I, at the end of the day, I think people should just strive to be better in whatever they do. Be a better people, help people out more. I think I find myself doing that more now. You know, little things. Like the guy who has one arm and one leg, who I see outside the supermarket all the time. He can't work, he can't do nothing. So, I'm not gonna, I give him like money. Like every time I see him, I give him, even if it's 100 pesos or 50 pesos, I give him, I always give him more. Because to me, that's like, yeah, man, this guy can't work. Like, you know, he's got one leg and one arm. He's, he's just helping, help people out. I don't know, man. I don't know. I see a lot of unselfish acts here in the DR, too, that make me like things. Like, you know, 
Like people don't have anything. You go to their house. Maybe it's a shack. Maybe it's you know, but it's theirs. They're, they're always gonna make you something to eat. You know, send the the little nephew down to the Camado to get some, a little packet of coffee and make you some coffee, stuff like that. So it's it's different. Like life is, society and life are moving another. Are you still here? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, society and life are moving, and and a lot of different in, in forward. And when you move forward, and technology is is advancing, technology. Uh, doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have compassion. It doesn't have uh, empathy or apathy, uh, empathy. Sorry, whatever the word is. So we're moving to like where everything, like literally, like people can be in the same room and we could be in, instead of talking to each other, we'd be texting to each other. That's the type of life that as we the less communication, the less actual physical communication we have with people, the more immune to lots of things that we get. While I love social media and it's it's great for a lot of things, that's one of the worst things about it. There's still a lot of good in the world, Joseph. A lot of good people doing a lot of good things. It's just that I will say this: social media negativity sells, and and that's what everybody promotes. And it it, it, it just is what it is. And everybody has different different cultural upbringings, Joseph. It's 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 hard. Like I remember when, when I told you when you was moving to the Philippines, I was like, Joseph. You're telling me your plan, and I'm like, hey, Joseph, it's not going to happen like that. I remember telling you that. I said, I said, I had all these plans too, man. You're going to have to learn to adapt to life down there. And I think that's one of the reasons you didn't end up enjoying it down there, because you didn't adapt. You couldn't adapt. And for me, one of the reasons I enjoy living in the DR because I have adapted. I still have my thinking, my way of thinking, like I know this and I know that and all that type of stuff, but I've learned, man, if when you try to fight an entire country that isn't yours, you gonna the only place you're gonna end up is like driving yourself nuts. So you learn, you learn how to learn the language, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm going off tangent. Sorry, sorry, but just kind of my response to. We don't know what what causes people to be certain ways in 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 their lives. So sometimes we have to sit down talk with them and find out why they feel that way before we judge and before we say that they aren't a good person or they should strive to be better. We need to know why they're like that first. And then once you figure out why, then you can work to a solution to becoming better people together. Does that make sense to you? Or you didn't yeah. listen to me? You didn't listen no, to I me? Life is funny. We have to, we have to accept People, well, obviously, if somebody's doing something completely stupid and wrong, we don't we don't accept that. At the end of the day, man, <clears throat> and I keep saying this, and I said it on this podcast, we have RC. It's the one common denominator that we have that bring people from all over the world together. Like, believe it or not, people from all over the world listen to us ramble on on this podcast, right? So that's pretty amazing to me. We have one thing in common, that's RC. And we may not agree. We may not agree on a lot of things outside of RC. But this is the one spot. And even in RC, we may not agree on a lot of things. But one thing we can all agree on is that we love this sport, this sport hobby. And I think the most, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people want this, this hobby, this sport, to be bigger, to get more exposure than what it is. The problem is, is 
there's a small percentage that controls the overall hobby. You know what I mean? There's a small percentage that controls everything that goes on. And it's difficult. If you don't get them on board, it's like they take their ball and, and fuck off. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to play. You're not playing how my to my rules, so I want to I want to go. I'm not going to win, so I, that's kind of so how that's I look at what it. What I was saying because people it's human nature to be selfish. Yeah. But selfish and greedy. That's uh, it. Unfortunately, if if people we all don't tend to see the the greater good. Unfortunately, or anything long term. Yeah. It's like short-term benefit to me. Okay, that's good. They don't think any further than that. People shit on other people because they aren't in that position. They're like, I would never be in that position. They don't think that I could be in that position. And why would I like it if people sh were shitting on me when I was in that position? They don't think that far, you know? It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. But it's 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 just kind of how the world is, is going, man. We're, be, we're just become, becoming desensitized to a lot of things, man. Unfortunate. It's a choice. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it is a choice. You can, it is a choice. It is a choice. You got all serious there for a second, Joseph. I hope you ain't crying. I'm only crying because you censored me. I did not. Uh, oh, Lord have mercy. Joseph, it's been a blast. Thank you for your emotional rant. And uh, I want to say good luck tomorrow in your race. And uh, how many entries do you think Thanks. you're going to get? How many participants? Like 60, 30, oh, yeah. e-buggy 30, nitro. But in Finland, most people only race one class. Like they either run e-buggy or they either run nitro. Are you going to run e-buggy? Fuck no. <laughs> Just nitro. All right. Well, man, I hope you have fun. Good luck to everybody out there at the PMB. Have fun. Be safe. Uh, looks like it's going to be a great event. I'll be watching online. Hopefully they have some decent coverage. <clears throat> and yeah, it's good to it's good to be racing again, I guess. So let's hopefully this lasts a little longer and things keep on going. And Joseph, good luck. Have fun. You know, do well. Let I hope uh, all the new testing you've been doing goes well. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners from around the world. Thank you to the hashtag NNRC squad. We appreciate your support. Thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Without you guys, none of this is possible. And thank you to our awesome sponsors and advertisers that are Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Rob's Oil, www.manscape.com, and BK Service. Remember, everybody, showing our sponsors some love shows the podcast some love. If you're racing this weekend, have fun. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Joseph, good luck. Thanks. Lefty out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash 
ENNRC podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory.